Hey, it's John, a Cut Above Horror Review, episode number 43, bringing some special guests on today. Some good friends of the show, new friends to the show, the Spoils of Horror podcast. Uh, our friends, Stephen and Leo, we want to thank those guys for joining us to talk about <laughs> Jason Goes to Hell, the final Friday from 1993. And oh boy, do we have some thoughts about this one. Again, a huge thank you to Stephen and Leo from Spoils of Horror podcast for joining us, so enjoy episode number 43, Jason Goes to Hell, the final Friday, 1993, oh boy, this should be a fun one, cut my life into pieces. Good evening and welcome to A Cut Above Horror Review, a podcast where we review all things horror. I'm your host Jacqueline and tonight we will be discussing the film Jason Goes to Hell from 1993. But before we begin, let's meet everybody else on the show. I am so pleased to introduce two special guests. This is our first time having a, uh, a, a double guest host on the show. It's Leo and Steven from the Spoils of Horror podcast. Welcome, guys. Hello. Thank, thank you so much for having us. We're excited about this. I have been looking forward to this for weeks, and I can't believe it's finally here. So I just, I, I love your podcast. I listen to it all the time, and I am honored that you're joining us to, to add your input on this I'm cinematic very classic. I'm you guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, thank you very much. We're huge, huge fans of your show. You guys do great stuff. Thank you thank so you. much. Do you guys want to plug your podcast and tell people about it and where they can find it and such? Do you? Sure. So Spoils of Horror is a weekly horror hangout show where we pick various movies that are lost, forgotten, popular, bizarre, pretty much hit everything. We keep it down to a nice clean hour and we basically just hang out together, trade jokes, talk about the little idiosyncratic things in the movies we love and hate. Uh, my co-host is talk about his interior decorating. Yes. And uh, Leo gets to get really anal about small things, <laughs> but we have a really good time and it's a lot of fun. Hang on, only Leo gets anal about small things? No. Is that what you're trying to okay. say? No, not at all. No, he just gets anal about different small things. Uh-huh, that sounds a little more on target. Like just checking. I was just checking. Uh, well, we're super glad to have you guys. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. you. Next up, we got Hydra Berg. What's, What's going, going on, guys? Thanks for coming on the show, guys. Woo! That's my Hydra Berg podcast. I just finished... Um, what was the episode recently? The Phantasm episode. I really enjoyed. Wow. And I'm waiting to get into that last matinee. I have to watch it still. I started I started it the other night, so I haven't finished it yet. So I like to watch the movie first. Oh, such a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> and last up, it's John. How you doing, John? I'm well. Jacqueline, Heidelberg, Steven, Leo, thank you guys so much for coming on. I actually really enjoyed your House of a Thousand Corpses episode. Yeah. Thank you. You gave that movie way, way <laughs> too much credit. John, John, shut it up right now. John, who's Ron the director? Zombie. Rob yeah, fucking I was say, who's the director? Okay. There we go. Uh, I John, you have already outed yourself been. as a formerly closeted Rob Zombie fan. Oh, that's on, bullshit. On I'm Andy a big Gore's Rob Zombie fan yeah, if Anya we're talking Gore's about book. his music. If yeah. we're talking about his movies, it's hit and miss. Yeah. Devil mine. 
This is a longstanding uh, debate and point of contention on this show, our, yeah. our differing feelings over Rob Zombie and our insistence that his name be brought up at least once per episode. You know, so, the one thing that we have like a, like a <clears throat> consensus about is how much we love Bill Mosley and Sid Hay. Agreed, 100%. But there is no such thing as a good episode about Rob Zombie that doesn't just involve you sort of like throwing your hands up in the air and going, I have no idea. <laughs> uh-huh. I have. I don't know if this is a good movie or not. I think it is. Yeah, I agree. I want it to be. Like what you guys said about that. Yeah, yeah. Bob, here's a hint: stop writing your scripts, direct the motherfucker, and just do that. Totally agree. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. I have a feeling though that he has kind of like an ego and a way that he views himself that I don't know that that will ever happen. Yeah, you can tell that by the way Bill Mosley plays him in most of the movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good point. True. true, true, true story. It's like a Larry David, George Costanza situation. So, yeah. mm-hmm. all right. Well, uh, let's 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 kick this into gear. John, yes. is there any delightful horror news waiting for us this week? Two stories that are interesting. The uh, new Robert Eggers movie. I, I'm sure we've all heard about it. The North I've seen Man. it. Have you seen it? I did. Before I get into the story, did you enjoy it? I did. I recommend it. No spoilers. See it in Fellas the theater. Ha- have you guys seen it, Leo and Steven? I have not yet. Well, what's very, the story, John? Yeah, very, very minimal returns, by the way. <laughs> uh, yeah. Made uh, just over $23.5 million at the box office. Although Robert wow. Eggers got a really big budget for this. They're saying between 70 and $90 million for it. And it's wow. first week kind of, I wouldn't necessarily call it a flop, but it just didn't make the money back. So. But it's got uh, Skarsgård in it. It's got Nicole Kidman, uh, Anya Taylor-Joy, Willem Ethan Hawke Defoe's in it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, Ethan Hawke. So uh, to argue with Defoe. Yeah, I know. Isn't Bjork in it? Is Bjork in it? She is. She is. Yes. That's, yes. That's if you awesome. like Robert Eggers, you're going to like this movie. Really? That's all I got to say. Yeah. Bjork, like the band? Like well, the, the Swedish. Like the, this one. Yeah. The, the Icelandic. One, the one Bjork. No, she was in uh, the band Sugar Cubes, was it? Was it that yeah. 90s band? She was in Sugar yeah, yeah. Cubes, right? I think that's well, true, yeah. Lead she, singer of that and then kind of branched off in the mid-90s by herself. But she doesn't bring her. the band with her, no. no. <laughs> she just has them in the carry-on. It's just a, it's just a they, band they of be, Vikings. Yeah, it's a little subgroup of Vikings. I did see right. that movie uh, Dancer in the Dark. Actually, yes. she was fantastic in that movie. It was, so, it was a very... Uh, hard watch like we watched martyrs that that was a really hard watch too so i do yeah. remember that movie have the uh, rest J- of you guys seen dancer in the dark hold on, I, I gotta stop and talk about that movie for right. like have a thousand years ago yeah. Uh-huh. yeah i have not so i have this like clinical disorder where i if i've seen a movie one time i remember almost nothing about it like two weeks later um diagnosed and everything and but for some reason that movie I saw it in the spring of 2001. So what's that? 21 years ago. And I still remember that movie. It's like the only instance I can think of where I, where I can actually remember um, not just how I felt about a movie, but like what about it is specifically was so affecting. And it's the only movie I can think of that. I feel that way after only seeing it once and 20 years have lapsed. Jason goes to hell as well, right? (laughs) Yeah. I know that when I, let's see, uh, 
in 21 years, I'll be 60. Yikes. Um, I'm suddenly having an existential crisis, Mm -hmm. but I'm sure that when I'm 60, I will be thinking back on Jason goes to hell in exactly the same way. I'm so sorry. Yeah, me too. Well, it's not your fault. It's Hydeworth's fault. It is. One one other story. Uh, James Wan is actually jumping back into the producer's chair. He's going to produce a horror movie from Blumhouse. Oh boy, Jacqueline just rolled her eyes. Uh, It's called Megan. Being described as a kind of a sci-fi robot doll movie. Yeah. Like child for an ad for it. I, I, I saw the poster. That's all I saw of it. And it, it, I mean, it was kind of creepy, but it was like. The doll looks like Nicole Kidman. A little bit. It yeah. does. Yes. Yes. Who's also in the Northman. I just don't know what my trust level is for James Wan these days, particularly things that he's producing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like money grab Juan. You know, that's that that's his nickname now. Like I'm, he just kind of spins everything off. Because I, I saw that they're doing a um what do they call the bendy man or whatever it's called from the the, the conjuring? The, the crooked man. Oh the, the crooked, crooked man, yeah. Bendy yeah, man. They're, they're coming. Is that who you're referring to? <laughs> he's like a slinky, he just goes down the stairs. No, he says I'm Gumby, damn it. Um <laughs> no. Yeah, whatever it was. Those but, under a certain age will not get that joke. Yeah, I know that's true. Uh, but yeah, it, he's jumping back in producer's chair. He's just trying to grab some more money to produce his next or direct his next piece of shit. Like Malignant. Is it going to be another Saw movie? <laughs> I want Malignant 2. Oh God. Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> Viral 2, Electric Boogaloo. Yeah, yeah. there is something that I don't understand about getting excited about who's producing a movie. Uh. It, to me, that's like who's catering a movie. Like I yeah. care less who's producing a movie. Oh, it's Alfredo's Italian restaurant. Oh my God. <laughs> it's it's going to be, be great. great. That's the problem with James Wan is that, that every time he wants to go produce or direct a movie, that's the big headline right there is like, James Wan producing a new movie. Yeah, Halloween ends, which is going to suck. You know, oh. I mean, it's just... All right, fine. His name, you know, lets people read that article because they see James Wan in the title, you know? Yeah, and I think and I think that audiences assume that because, you know, they see the name plastered on big letters, they think that that person's going to have maybe more creative input than they really do. Yeah, I feel like Jordan Peele's name has been used as producer, but except the stuff that he's working on happens to be pretty good. You know what I mean? Like he's putting his his work into pretty good things, whereas and James Wan seems more like cash grab stuff. Yeah, I don't want to disrespect anyone who's actually a good producer, but when you can start an Indiegogo campaign and one of your perks is to be listed as a producer, it's not that big of a title. (laughs) My name's on the uh, In Search of Darkness movie, the first one. That's right. That's right. I remember you uh, saying something about that. Yeah. That's awesome. Are you guys Saw fans? I like the first one. I, I like I, the first few. Yeah, I'm, I like, I'm a big fan of the first few. I like one and two. Yeah, for sure. And then it just became repetitive. It gets convoluted too. Yeah. Just a quick story. I had a girl that I dated that uh, she went on a different date before me, not during, but, uh, but uh, she went to the first Saw movie and didn't like it. And then she went on a second date with the guy and he took her to the second Saw movie. And then he tried to get her on a third date. And she saw what was like coming down the road for the next eight or nine dates. And she canceled. Did did they wait like two years in between each date? (laughs) 
yes, that's probably what happened. No, I, I think they were doing. I think they were playing him at a movie house or something. Uh, okay. Yeah. She wasn't so looking questions. very far down the road, or else she would have seen Stephen coming and went left. She <laughs> <laughs> would have well, saw my, him. My first question about that story, though, is he takes a girl on a date and sees the first saw, and she doesn't like it. Why is he asking her on a second date? First of That's all, fellas, movie date, first date, it's not a good look. No, it's bad. It is. It is for me. It, it is, but you don't have. You don't get to spend any time with that person. You don't talk to them. You don't learn anything. Well, You're in the dark. Then you, but then you hang out for a couple hours afterwards and talk about yeah. it, and then you know, fool around. I'm just, I'm just saying, it's not the best first date. Oh, I think Jacqueline, first date movie. You have to introduce with. me to some of your friends if that's what you know. <laughs> group, so. I'm into that. <laughs> she said that under her breath too. She goes and fool around. Get out. I mean, take me to shake a spear in love. Yeah, movie people like movies as first dates. No one yeah. else does. True. I'm sorry. That's to where Joey and I this. met. We we met at the at the independent movie theater in Orlando, seeing *Nymphomaniac*. No way. Mm. Good choice. Really? And I hope you, you made it out after that. That's movie. how we met. That's amazing. Wow. Volume one was Friday night. Volume two was Saturday night. You watched both. That was it? Yes. Wow. He also hates horror movies, guys. So. Can I bring something up? Real <laughs> quick, like off. I mean, off I wasn't going to go there, but yeah, John, it, what's it's, up? It's on track, but off track. Leo, what the hell are you drinking right now, dude? I'm That's drinking wine. Crystal Lake wine. It's a Crystal Lake wine. Did you not see this? No. Well, we talked about it before we started. Recording. It's champagne from the ale, the Isle of Champagne. From Crystal Nicholas. Lake wine. Adrienne that- King has a winery, and she. Uh, I got a bottle of wine from Stephen for Christmas, and I decided tonight's the night to open it. Perfect. That is so badass. I love it. Yeah. That was a great gift, Stephen. I well, also feel he- as. Like- he got me the blob, so and I'm a big fan of the blob. So oh, sweet, yeah, the remake, right? The remake, yes. yeah, it's yeah. a sweet yeah. movie. Uh, I feel like there's gonna be a lot of whining tonight about this movie. So. <laughs> little cheese, a little wine. Yeah, lots of wine, lots of complaining. <laughs> I mean, I, I I think it's warranted, but we'll see. All right, sure. John, do you have any more news for us? No, we're done. We're done. Okay. Yeah, let's jump into it. I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> All right. Hyderberg. <laughs> Why? 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 That's it. Why? Uh, I picked this film. <laughs> it was on my list. It's sort of like a I don't know. I put I have some some like bangers in there, and I have some filler episodes, and where it's just episodes where like the movie's just a little lighter. So because we've been covering some heavy shit lately, yeah. So even though this movie may not be the best, it's at least you know something you don't have to think about too much or feel like disgusting after watching um also well, the podcast I, I've spoken, is over so thanks i've spoken to steven privately um about what movies to pick and i know like you know him and leo they they like to pick stuff or review stuff that's not as good sometimes or like it's worth talking about because there's stuff you can pick at the film or make fun of and i just thought it would be a good group discussion for us to to do um this was actually going to be i was going to pick this for straight chilling at one point just because i thought it would be a laugh riot to hear them like tear it apart but if i could interject real quick yeah steven has kind of accidentally fallen into the social media role for what we do uh even he's basically got instagram i got twitter but he's better at it than i am so he does more overall uh when he showed me the list that you guys had to offer i molded over for a day and then i went we should do jason goes to hell because <laughs> 
if I'm going to bitch about this movie at all, I should do it with a bunch of cool people. Oh, thank you. Well, thank you. That makes me feel almost not furious at having to talk about this movie. <laughs> I, I, I appreciate so much, Jacqueline, that you keep referring to it as a film. Mm. Did I say that? I think it's just habit. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a piece. Yeah, it, it, it has a beginning. It has a beginning, a middle and an end. It's it a movie does that it, plays. Does it really? It's, it's a, a film movie. in that it is, it is moving images that were committed to film. So in that respect, it is a film. It exists physically in film form. Or at, It at wasn't produced did. by James Wan, but it's a <laughs> <laughs> Or Rob Zombie. <clears throat> no. Ooh. Well, could you imagine? Jesus. Actually, this movie might have been better if Rob Zombie I, did it. I yeah. agree with that 100%. 100%. Sorry. It w- anything... My nephew could have made a better film. Yeah, that's not a high bar. There is a documentary that's supposed to come out about this, the making of this film. I don't know if it has yet. Why? Well, when you watch this movie, it's there very clear. Yeah, that there was like another movie they were trying to make. Yeah, there, there's stuff that doesn't even make any sense that doesn't come together. There's like entire scenes that feel like they're missing. I don't want to step on trivia yet. Yeah. yeah. Do you have trivia yeah. for this? Why, why I don't sure you, yeah, do. Why don't you I splice sure do. it? Splice it throughout the discussion. I will, and yeah, I, spread I will. some cheese with the wine. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I will. I will. I will add dollops of cheese throughout the wine. Um, yeah, I, I, I would actually venture to say that the trivia for this movie is more interesting than the film itself, and maybe we should just <laughs> not even talk about the movie. And I'll just, I'll just give you all. We'll the just trivia. front load we'll the trivia we'll, first. We'll call it a day. All right. Let I'll me come to find a lot of movies that I have some of the most problems with have backstories like this where the film that we got is not the one they meant to do Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so leo are you aware of some of the stuff that was like meant to be here probably not to the extent that you are but i know a few yeah okay okay well i'll throw out the spoiler alert we're going to be talking about uh jason goes to hell quote unquote the final friday from 1993 wait a second we didn't decide whether it fucks or sucks oh do we i mean i I could guess that first all right let's go (laughs) <laughs> all around the Hy- table Hyderberg. all right so uh this film sucks like you were about to fuck an orgasm but then suddenly you had a road sign shoved through your torso and seven and a half <laughs> it's a real mood killer <laughs> all right leo would you care to go next oh oh no please steven first okay steven <laughs> yeah I'm the, I'm, I'm the friday the 13th guy and i gotta tell you i've been thinking about this all day uh does this movie fuck or suck so I always say you have to compare a movie to the right metric, which is you got to compare a Friday the 13th movie to a Friday the 13th movie, not like hereditary or anything like that. So I'm going to say that this movie is a bad hand job. Mm. Okay. The metric we haven't used yet. You're welcome. There we go. It's not quite a uh, frigid fuck or a um, flaccid fuck. It's a bad hand job. It's, it's, I mean, it's fun. I laughed all the way through it. Every time I watched it, were you drunk? Absolutely not. I'm a Friday the 13th fanatic. Okay. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. So it it gives you a little something, but maybe ultimately not totally satisfying. You could have done it better yourself is what you're saying, but yeah, 100%. Oh, you're right. Right. A bad hand job that I could have done better myself. Yeah. (laughs) I like it. I like it. You guys are dirty. Leo. (laughs) This movie 
sucks, spits, and makes rude slurping noises along the way. <laughs> I have avoided this movie for years because when I saw it, <laughs> I hated it. And I have no less emotion for it now. It is a terrible piece of shit. Jacqueline, you got to go next. Look at you yeah. popping right now. I think I think you need to come out of your shell a little bit and learn how to express <laughs> yourself. <laughs> you know, we invite you on the show because we want to know what you think. And this pussy putting around is just not yeah. doing anybody any good. I'll do better. <laughs> uh, it it just it fucking sucks. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I I agree with Leah. It not only does it suck, but then it just spits it out. So even even the <sighs> second even the second sucks. Um, it just it it sucks. Uh, what about you, John? Oh boy. Um, I think with the lights off, you think this is gonna fuck, but you turn <laughs> it on and you just turn back around and go outside because it's gonna suck. You know it's gonna suck, so you just leave it alone. Oh, yeah. So yeah, this movie sucks. Disappointed expectations, huh? Oh, I'm sorry. You had expectations for this? <laughs> what, what <laughs> well, you John put? said he thought it was gonna fuck. Well, this is why I picked this movie. It's it slammed. And again, Stephen, you're a big Friday the 13th guy. You're, you're thinking you're thinking this, that, that you're going to get the awesome gore and kills and, sure. you know, the, 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 the campiness to it. But mm-hmm. it, you turn the lights on and it's none of that is there without spoiling it. None of it is there. I mean, you see oh. a couple of good kills and that's it. And it's just like, nope, this is going to suck. I'm going to go home and uh, jerk off at home. <laughs> John, I, I do else. love the idea, though, John, that you sat down thinking this was going to be great. Like you had like a <laughs> bowl of popcorn and like a soda. And you're like, this is going to be amazing. Lotion. John's an optimist. <laughs> this movie. He's a, came, he's a generous soul. This movie came out in 1993. I saw it in 1994. I did not remember this movie at all. And I just remember Good. certain scenes like throughout. And I'm yeah. just like, no, that's no. I mean, Fucking Jason X is better than this movie. And it's not saying much. Ugh. I mean, it's now, just, just out of curiosity, are any of you guys Friday the 13th fans? Yes. I, I enjoy it. It's not my favorite. Franchise. That's right. That's right. I have the box set. Yeah. yeah I, I, it's not my favorite franchise. I'm a Halloween guy, but again, mm-hmm. I've always enjoyed Halloween. You know, Halloween four is always a fun watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, Halloween Agreed. three. That's where you kind of get the Jason with the hockey mask thing in, in 3D. And two was just kind of a throwaway movie. But, you know, I, yeah, Friday the 13th always Three was going. a throwaway? I think so. Well, no, I said two is a throwaway. Two. Oh. Two kind of a throwaway. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in the same boat as John. It's not my favorite franchise. It's I. Okay. I have <laughs> such good memories with this franchise, even though it's not, like, the best, like, all around. Just because, like, these are some of the the movies that really got me as a kid into horror. Mm-hmm. And I remember just being in, in like engrossed by Jason and like, you guys ever seen that? Um, is everything okay with Wolfie or whatever that group that yes. did that video? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of like the kids watching Friday 13th for the first time and seeing that yeah. kill where the girl's like naked on the, on the ground. And J- Jason kills her boyfriend when he goes to pee. Like just, that was like, that video is the vibe that I had as a kid remembering, like watching these films. Yeah, I remember going to the video store and literally renting them each week, you know, like part one, part two, part three, working yeah. my way all the way up through nine. So I have I there's definitely a uh, a bit of nostalgia baked in. 
and the the cover art you know what i mean you'd look at the cover art the video kids uh video stores were like like brick and mortar stores where we used to go to mm-hmm. and pick a movie out physically <laughs> you had to physically and bring it, it home. home and then you would get excited for the next later. installment yeah. like yeah. when if you were up to five and then all of a sudden six was on the shelf that was a big yeah. deal that was a moment right and but, i think i i think all of us as horror movie fans is that we have our favorite franchise you know whether it was friday the 13th or nightmare nightmare on elm street or halloween you know for me i was six years old and i saw halloween on tbs or whatever it was and michael myers Sweet. scared the shit out of me and you know that that's my love of horror movies mm-hmm. even though i jumped in my parents bed it was like my thing was to get over that fear and watch every single halloween movie after that so i, I we all have nostalgia you know steven like like you being a huge fan of friday the 13th you know maybe it was that jason or uh the the you know ch- 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 oh yeah you know whatever it was like for me it was the score of halloween so, so my Stephen- father oh my father sorry jacqueline um my father was uh, he was a young dad he was probably 17 18 when he had me and he used to sit me at the at the table and he loved friday the 13th movies too and he would tell me everything that happened in them because i couldn't i wasn't going to watch them but he would literally go through like kill by kill. I was probably six, seven years old. So by the time I started watching the movies, I knew how Jason died in every single one of them. <laughs> so I was going to ask you what, what the attachment is like, what, what is to, what is the cause of your special affection for this film series? Is it because it was something that you kind of bonded with your dad over or, or is there more to it? There's definitely that I, I do gener- legitimately think some of them are, are good for yeah. what they are. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a big fan of part one. I'm a big pa- fan of part four. Mm-hmm. Um, I also yeah. do love bad horror movies. And so one of the great things about Friday the 13th is it's all on the same scale. Mm-hmm. They're all, they're all likable. They're just likable as either good Friday the 13th movies or as so bad. They're good Friday the 13th movies, but yeah, I have a lot of memories attached. I, like I said about my father and just going to the rental store. Also, uh, Leo was involved in this. So for a while, there was a local campground that was oh, yes. showing Friday the 13th movies on Friday the 13th. Oh, that's awesome. And so me and Leo and friends of ours and my girlfriend at the time, we would all go and we would all you know bring lawn chairs and they'd do a double feature and they would have hot dogs and food. It was awesome. It was such a good time. In fact, actually, I, I talked a little bit about it in one of the episodes because I I ducked out to the woods to go pee and there was a Jason cosplayer out there in the woods. Oh, nice. They hired him for the event. Yeah. yeah. Scared the shit out of me. Turned out he was also taking a piss out there. <laughs> <laughs> but a funny like epilogue to that story and Leo, I think you were there when this happened. I met him then like a year later. And so, yeah, he just said, Oh, I do cosplay at these events and I do it at this uh, campground event. I said, Oh my God, I was there. And then I figured it was that guy. And I said, do you remember a guy pissing out in the woods? And he said, yeah, that dude scared me. And it was me. (laughs) And that guy like shit his pants. I think because I scared the shit out of him. Yeah. He was some, (laughs) some fucking ugly scrawny dude out in the woods. taking a piss. And thus a lifelong friendship was formed. 
He's a good dude. I've met him a couple of times. <laughs> That's a good story. Well, I'll, I'll jump in the uh, spoiler alert real quick. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, Jason Goes to Hell, the final Friday from 1993 in its entirety. If you have not seen this movie, make sure you pause the podcast. Go watch the movie, then come no. back to find out what we thought no. about it. No. All right now, Hyderberg. Ready for this? Hyderberg, we are ready for your reach around plot summary. I pray that it's better than a bad hand job. Uh, yeah. I'm going to go two handed for this one for our guests. You guys ready? Yep. Oh, yes. Ready. A lonely night at Crystal Lake, a damsel naked that's truly fake. Jason's life is what's at stake. His thirst for blood, his last mistake. This final girl, she brought some friends. Their mission to cause this killer's end. Off to the morgue is where they send. Jason's corpse, it will not rest. Just bite his heart from outside his chest. The blood it pumps will change you whole. Possessed you are by Jason's soul. Now you will commit his sins and hunt down his next akin. Eight films have passed, where have they been? An ancient dagger, it is the key. It's mere existence, now news to me. Thank God this one has got some gore. New characters become a bore and fill the plot with bloated lore. A bounty hunter, a waitress, and her daughter. Most just served up for the slaughter. So grateful we are joined by the boys from Spoils of Horror. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. yes. That was great, Hyderabad. I feel like that was a deluxe one. Can I ask you something real quick, Jacqueline? Do you have the time that Jason was actually in this movie? Like the runtime that I Jason don't was- have that. Like Jason's physical like body. I don't, time? but it's it's that, it must that be you like physically saw Jason in the movie. <clears throat> That's like a huge mistake. That you saw his reflection. Yeah. You did. You saw him at the beginning. Yeah. You saw him sprinkled in throughout and then yeah. at the very end. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's less than 10 minutes. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's like I give credit sure. to this film for trying to shake things up a little bit, but it's definitely a misstep that like you don't. I, when you see all these kills and you just don't feel anything because you're like, it's just some random dude. This movie is a bad fan fiction. Yeah. This is somebody's like, I could be Jason. I just have to eat his heart. And they wrote a screenplay and then somebody fucking bought it and made it. I called so, this in my notes. I called this. Everybody gets to play Jason. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that is exactly. <laughs> so Steven, let me ask you, because sure. I, this again, this is not my favorite franchise. I have not mm-hmm. seen all of the films. I think before watching this, I had only seen up through part four. Sure. So my question for you is, is there any film that comes before this one in which it is hinted or in which it's specifically part of the plot where Jason's soul no. can exist in other bodies? There's no Jacqueline. fucking dagger. There's no bounty Jacqueline. hunter that knows the lore. Sorry. So no, no, no. Everything you're saying is great. It's... uh. It's uh, the movie before this. Jason is in Manhattan and gets washed away in the sewers. That's what child. happens <laughs> as a child. That's what happens in the movie before this. There's no continuity at all. Everything that is happening in this movie that is like new story made up. You okay. can tell that the radiation in the sewer had a toll on him, though, between the boils on his head going around his mask. But the trade-off is he started growing some of his hair back. So, so I have a theory on why his head, because his head is fucking huge in this film. Yeah, I have a theory, because if you look at Kane Hodder later when he's playing a security guard, he's got a sweet-ass fucking mullet. And there's no way he was going to cut that fucking thing. So they <laughs> they fucking... Wait, he does play security guard in this. Yeah. Yeah. About that. Guarding the morgue, right? Guarding the yes. body. Yeah. That's Kane yeah. Hodder, and he also plays Jason. 
And I'm convinced after watching it this time, I'm like, there's no way he was going to cut that thing. So they fucking worked with him and built a bigger Jason head to go around that mullet. It has. Yeah, to they be. just fed some of his hair out the top. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that thing was that was a sweet mullet, bro. There's no way I would have yeah, got exactly. rid of that. Okay, so the, thank you for answering my question. The reason I asked is that when this movie started and you first become privy to this idea that his soul needs to exist in somebody else's, but I was like, oh, I must have, I should have like, I should have like caught up before nah. starting this. I nope. must have missed something. There's no ground really just this movie. to establish that. It's so jarring. Well, also, all right then. I want to like, I like the premise of the FBI, like doing a sting on Jason. I think it's hilarious. that was cool. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I got to give credit to Agent Towels, her ability to run naked in a towel and like flip and shit and nothing like it doesn't even budge. Steven, I was going to say, yeah. So that towel, they should put like fucking like racing advertising on that towel. Yeah. That is is the strongest towel ever made in existence. (laughs) I I deferred to him because we have had this conversation ad nauseum. For years and (laughs) for years, this this super towel that just doesn't shift in the wind or bend or anything. He's got monologues about it. If if I was like her running through the woods, it would have caught the first branch. (laughs) It would have been gone (laughs) with my bare ass just going through the woods. Oh, you're lucky. You would have got caught and got pulled back into him. (laughs) I actually slingshotted you backwards. I mean this very facetiously is that I like the way that they intertwine two other horror movies into this. What's that? There's a couple. The Hidden. I wonder- Evil Dead. Evil Dead with the uh-huh. Dead and the Necronomicon and the Dagger. Yeah. Well, and and of course Nightmare, Nightmare on Elm Street. Well, yeah, that ties into Freddy versus Jason. There's there's also a million Easter eggs in this movie. So there's true. a there's a part where she says in order to get somewhere, you have to go past the Myers house. Yes. Oh, uh, shit. See, I guess I didn't grab that because I, I heard that there were a lot of Easter eggs in this movie, but my audible eye roll just kind of kept blocking it out. of Because like, the writing was, was so watching. bad, John. That's why. Just like, and, and they're really hammy. They're really hammy. They're like, oh, if you go past Robert England's house and yeah. go down Carey Way. Yeah, they're pretty uh, hammy. Just go west on Craven. Right, <laughs> oh, right, right. Nice. That's good. And see, so you just came add- up with that off the cuff. You could have written a better script. Yeah. So could Rob Zombie. Oh. Hey, well, open. that I, I'm not sure. So, <laughs> look, what the fuck causes the coroner to decide just to like bite this huge deformed heart? Like it was a like a fucking Whopper Junior. But that is a trope it's in like every horror to movie. Him. Okay. Yeah. Was yeah. he under a trance or was he just craving no, some food that, at the moment? That is a like, trope in every movie. Every well, yeah, the coroner eats something. Corner, eat something. He had no so sandwich. Yeah. He had no pickles. So he, the... he wanted to eat a heart. What's Leo, Leo, this is on you. I had this note. I had this written down. Okay. Because there's this heart. He's going. I liked the autopsy. I liked that he went through. I think they missed an opportunity where they could have pointed out all the damage he's taken in the previous eight films. Agreed. That would have like, been awesome. at least the major ones. Like they could have seen yeah. the axe in his head from the third part, things yep. like that. They could have like logged all the wounds and do a throwback to the franchise. That, that would have been, been cool. Didn't do it. If you get the heart and it's doing this fucking telltale heart shit. And and what that hypnotizes him? And he's like, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to eat this fucking thing. And then these little red fireflies <laughs> shoot out and come at him and invade him. I don't, 
Are those I'm, the souls of his kills or something? Like Freddy? They don't explain it. Yeah, you, they don't say anything about that. Are those the memories that he had? Like this guy now is Jason, right? So is is one of those Pamela dying? The other ones uh, killing Shelly? Sure. Like yeah. what are these fucking okay. things going in him? One of them is is uh, Jarvis or whatever. Tommy. Exactly. <laughs> Fuck, it's stupid. <laughs> Yeah, I I didn't know if maybe if we could like hear the heart from the coroner's perspective, it was like a siren song. Like it was really really beautiful. That's how I interpreted it actually, that it was almost like a seduction, that it was like a come. If you're hearing a voice come out of the darkness saying, eat me, you might want to go the other way. He's like, it's filled with this black substance. And the next thing you know, he's like, I'm going to eat it. You know what I would, and as silly as this sounds, I would have liked more mirror play in this. Like like yeah. reflection play of where you yeah. see Jason, but you don't get that nah. on just very certain occasions where you see that. But if they would have had that more, I I, I think it would have been more of like okay, the spirit of Jason is taking this over. But what the fuck does this have to do with him going to hell? Because- well, and it it's also bizarre because I agree with you on the reflections, but he's surprised by his own reflection. Yeah, he, yeah. he knows he knows who he is. Yeah, wouldn't weird. he? Wouldn't he know he's Jason? Wouldn't because he actually stopped like somebody was able to come up and hit him from behind because it took him aback. Yeah. Wouldn't he be able to look at that and go, oh, hey, I look pretty good today. He fucking like, speaks in this movie. Don't. First of all, he makes audible noises when he's getting shot. He's like, he uh, screamed. Uh, uh, they uh, shot him and he did a Darth and, Vader scream. Yeah, and he and went, then he Arr! speaks later when he says that when he's the deputy guy. Fuck. <laughs> He like the like fucking clown made zero sounds, and the dude got shot, and he shot himself in the face. And sorry, we, we both uh, no. Look, like, yep. this, this right away drove me fucking crazy with this movie. They shoot him. The sting was good. The FBI setup was good. They shoot him. He goes, and then every other shot you hear him like, ow, ooh, ooh, ah, I'm like, what is this? A fucking <laughs> Bugs Bunny show? <laughs> I, I wait. I with the mortar. Yeah. Okay. So that was a mortar, right? I was like, "Would yeah. they sh- sh- drop a missile on him?" Like, I, I didn't know. I didn't know yeah, what no, came. Yeah, the mortar. I didn't know the okay. FBI used mortars. Like, I don't know. And they figured <laughs> it out for Jason Voorhees. Also, the character of uh, Creighton Duke. The f- he's so over the top. Where the fuck did that guy come from? Like, he's like the Loomis, but like the one that we've never heard of before. Yeah. So Tommy Jarvis couldn't make it. <clears throat> played by so, Stephen Williams of Twenty One Jump Street fame. I will say this. I'll say this. I like Stephen Williams. And I think I think that Duke is a great character in a terrible movie. Yeah. Um, But his introduction, like not when you just see him kind of off to the side, but so they ask him a question. So he's on this. uh, For those of you who haven't seen it, he's on this sort of uh, true crime show. He says the host says, what do you think when I see Jason Voorhees? And he has also. He has the most fucking bizarre answer. He says, I think of a, a little girl in a pink, pink dress <laughs> with a, I don't know, with a, a, a donut Sticking and a hot dog through a donut. Sticking a hot dog through a donut. Like, what the fuck? What the what fuck? Freudian slip just happened. <laughs> well, the thing is, he was on the wrong show. Yeah. <laughs> Creighton Duke, right. to me, was like an supposed enigma to be on to wrapped a in predator. a riddle, cased in a mystery. He kind of, like, yeah, he kind of reminded me of the character from uh, what was it, Halloween Six, like the uh, Cult of the Thorn. 
Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. The, the black hat and everything with that. Exactly. Cowboy this movie the one that you barely ever see that a little bit because there's so much stuff they, they put in that's just, never been spoken of. They, they it's like another timeline all of a sudden. Yeah, exactly. It's a whole different like. Also, like later on in the very end, he when he handcuffs Jason, he goes, do you remember me? No, nobody fucking remembers you, bro, because you've never been in any of these movies or mentioned ever. And nothing is <laughs> Jacqueline. Yes. <laughs> uh, so I have trivia about that. I can answer yeah. your question. <clears throat> the uh, screenwriter had originally wanted to have like a backstory on Creighton Duke where, let me see if I can find it. Um, he was, he was like at or? Camp Crystal Lake in the past and he had a girlfriend and he like took her out on the lake and then Jason murdered her. And so his whole life was dedicated to revenge. He became a bounty hunter in order to like finance his was, true passion project, which was to but, hunt down and kill Jason. But what were they doing with a hot dog and a donut? <laughs> that, that I don't know. What's up, Leo? Uh, see, that's the thing. Chris Hansen should have been doing the interview. That's that's yeah. that part. Why don't you have a seat? Uh, Why don't you come here and have a seat? This being the case and this being the backstory, why couldn't they have just used Tommy Jarvis? They've yeah. already established him to do exactly this. I wonder if that was an idea. That was an idea when developing the script, and it was shot down by somebody because the movie the switched studios. The I'm movies, wondering if some of the stuff they couldn't touch at the right, time. But the movie, the movie is an hour and twenty five minutes. So yeah. even if they don't use the Tommy Jarvis story, because I understand that that like the last couple of uh, Friday the Thirteenth movies could not use Friday the Thirteenth because of Red. Right. Right. You know right. that's why they called it um, Jason, Jason goes to hell, Freddy versus Jason, yeah. Jason X, whatever it's called. Right. Um, <clears throat> they couldn't use the Friday the Thirteenth franchise tag, but the movie's an hour and twenty five minutes, so they couldn't take three minutes to explain what this bounty hunter why he Jason should remember him. He was the only black guy in one of the movies that survived. He didn't get killed first. Like they, they Understood. I understand that, but like, survived, like he became a bounty hunter and he's going after Jason. I don't need a disposition on every character of the movie, but he seemed like a very important part of this. Yeah. You know, well, it says, do you remember me? And it's like, I don't even fucking remember you, dude. I've seen all these movies and it's like, were you in space? No, you weren't there. <laughs> were you in space? That takes place <laughs> after this one. I understand. Where'd you get the dagger? You don't know where this timeline is, though, because it's so jumbled. It's so confused and just lack of focus. And you don't see Jason in this movie a lot. I, that's why I asked at the beginning, do, does anybody know what Jason's screen time was? You know, Kane Hodder, to me, is one of the best looking Jasons. The dude's sure. a really tall guy. He's in phenomenal shape. The dude's ripped like you wouldn't believe. And you throw some, like, prosthetics on him. The guy's intimidating as fuck. I mean, watch him in Victor Crowley or or Hatchet. I mean, yeah. this yep. guy is is such a prime uh, protagonist. You know, playing Jason or playing Victor Crowley. Sorry, my 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 little diatribe. Sorry, my bad. No, no. Actually, I've I do this at the risk of sounding like that guy, but I know Kane Hodder. and I've talked to him about this. He loved doing the role. He loved bringing a personality to it. For whatever that amounts to, so I mean, you're dead on about it. I yeah, I mean, the guy and 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 I've listened to his podcast before. It was uh, what Casualty Fridays. I don't know if it's still going, but but he would talk about uh, being a stuntman and and being very very aggressive with the actors. However, safe, you know. I mean, it's just like he he could whip an actor or an actress around without hurting them, you know, because he understood the anatomy and physiology of a body of how you could turn somebody and make it look really brutal, but still not hurt this person. I've actually got a fun story 
he oh. I met him at a convention one time and we've we've done this thing where we pass each other in conventions often enough that we know who we are right. like we're not having dinner together or anything but we know each other and I was doing a video for a friend with him mm-hmm. where he pretended to backhand me and he, he's like he's fine for it he's happy to do it he says are you absolutely sure I was like yes he goes let me take my watch off so you don't oh. break your jaw <laughs> And he got me here. He just did a quick backhand like that. Got me here. And I I rolled with it. And I could tell he was pulling his punch. And it still hurt for three days. Really? Yeah. (laughs) But I mean, he was like, he was really cool about it. And he really knew what the fuck he was doing. I didn't get hurt. It was just that kind of dull ache. Like, you know, I could tell it was there. You could feel the sting of it. Not, Not necessarily the whole pain, but the sting of it. Like, but to your point, he actually knows what he's doing. He can he can do it in a way that doesn't damage the other person. It actually sells it. Exactly. Right. And you've seen any of his other, you know, Jason roles or even even the, the Hatchet Victor Crowley movie is that he's really rough with these actors and actresses. But if if you hear an interview with them, it was like, no, he was like a teddy bear, you know, just knew how to manipulate me. Sure. It, was, it was kind of rough, but it wasn't, you know, I didn't get hurt by it, mm-hmm. you know. Kane told me what to do. He did it. And, you know, we were fine and it looked great. The, the shot looked great. It's kind of what he, makes us he knows how to, shitty. He knows how to control his strength. Yeah. Is that we don't get enough of him. Yeah. As Jason. That's a bummer. Well, yeah. I think that that's one of the things that's really strange <clears throat> about this movie. I agree with you, Hyderberg. I, I think it's great that it's trying to do something different. But um, Friday the 13th fans really kind of know what they're looking for. Yeah. And so it's so interesting to me that other than this very short part in the beginning, and then there's this one little sort of like kill count moment in the middle of the movie, it's so far removed from anything that we understand for Friday the 13th. Yeah. So Sean Cunningham, the director of the original Friday the 13th, he, he was a producer on this film and he was quoted as saying, um, Adam, the director came to me and said, the last thing fans want is to see Jason going through Camp Crystal Lake, chopping up teenagers again. Well, of course it was the only thing they wanted to see. And Adam <laughs> and Adam delivered this movie. That was so not good. Ouch. 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 <laughs> yeah. oh, now, to, in, in this guy's defense, what is his name? Adam. Oh gosh. I got it here. Uh, Adam Marcus. Adam Marcus. Yeah. This was his first directing project. He's 23. Yeah, yeah, he was like just out yeah. of film school and this was his yeah. first project. So Which I feel like impressive. knowing that I have to cut him some slack. It's still a better movie than I could make. So agreed. Okay. Thanks a lot, Steven. You didn't have to agree I... so quickly. <laughs> you don't know what my no, filmmaking I'm, skills are. I, I was thinking of myself. I was thinking <laughs> of myself. Shit. Yeah, I can't make anything. Here's the thing. If you Friday the 13th, even though you can't use the franchise tag of Friday the 13th, Jason goes to hell. Jason X, um, you know, it's just like, like Jason has, he's, he's got a character. He he's the, the, you know, I hate to say it like the anti-hero that people root for, you know, like Freddie Krueger or Mike, Michael Myers. And, the fact that you don't see him a lot is a huge problem of this movie because they do try to deliver on some of the gore because somebody gets cut in half. So that, that, that was a cool. So kill. That's one of my favorite Friday 13th kills other than the sleeping bag one. Yeah. Th- those are my, my top two. Like this kill has always stuck with me since I was 13. 
one because there's boobs in it right and like they were having sex and then like who doesn't like that just random john doesn't but everybody knows that <laughs> oh shit but and there is some grotesque like gratuitous nudity in, in this movie i will say that like it's just there just to be there but um like that scene just sticks with me because yeah they're doing their thing and next thing you know the fucking road sign comes right through her torso and it just rips her in half and i just always remember that i loved it i loved that part me too yeah there's some i actually think there's some fantastic gore in this movie yeah um when the police officer melts oh my god it's incredible oh yes Well, the the special effects were done by K&B effects, you know, Greg Nicotero Mm -hmm. and Berger and uh, is it Kurtzman, Kaufman? Who's the K in K&B? They're inconsistent, though. There's some scenes that are way better than others. Mm -hmm. Like the little Jason doll, like fucking slug thing looks a little cheesy. I know. I forgive that. It's 1993. So, I mean, it's not. I got dead alive vibes when that thing came out. Well, that's the thing, too. If you judge it by 93 standards, it wasn't that bad. No, you by today's true. standards, it's a piece of shit. Oh, yeah. absolutely. If you read the detailed plot uh, description on Wikipedia of this movie, the that part with the little like baby thing is so funny. The way they describe it, it's like, and then Jason's heart exits the body, but it has now become a monstrous infant. Yeah, it's so <laughs> like, fucking weird. It's like it was a slug before, and now it's like a baby jason demonic snake thing yeah maybe also you can tell a 23 year old fucking wrote this movie because like the like the hitchhikers yeah that dude picks them up and that girl's like throwing herself at this guy without even ever like kisses him on tells him come back and go skinny dipping kisses him like chicks don't do that you know i don't know maybe pick up i haven't picked up enough college chicks maybe but (laughs) Like it, you could just tell it was written by a male that's like fantasizing about it. And then like, she's just like, yeah, you know, I you can totally tell it was written you. by a dude because yeah. one of those hitchhikers who's having sex with the girl in the tent refers to his dick as. Oh, oh yeah. The wonder, the llama. wonder llama. Oh, the wonder, <laughs> the llama. wonder llama. Hold on. I'm the... writing that in my notes, guys. Hold on. <laughs> no woman would ever write that line. The wonder llama. <laughs> All right, you got to rewrite write your plot synopsis, Heidelberg. Yeah, <laughs> I, I about right? pissed myself laughing when I heard that. Yeah, I feel like when somebody says the Wonder Llama in sex, that's when like the records it goes the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she drew, like who's she, gonna she respond to that and be like, "Ooh, Wonder Llama." Yeah, the most unrealistic part of this movie is that she still had sex with him after that line. Well, and it's it's not like she's not aware of how big his dick is. Like it's it's present. It's there. <laughs> <laughs> also he was just swimming so there's no way it was big like, <laughs> that's very true cold water well that's you don't know i mean maybe even flaccid it's an amazing wonder true. Llama. he could you don't yeah, know he could yeah he could yeah. he's a shower not a grower, not a grower. A shower, so, yeah he could be both yeah. uh, um, if i may i'm just i found that that spot on imdb it says jason's heart which has grown into a demonic infant crawls out of randy's neck i just thought that was the funniest description of what happens another note i took is why the fuck does Jason shave that cop's neck and mustache in a weird like SM sort of way? I don't like because he's yeah. gonna kiss him and put the thing like why? Yeah. That's what I was wondering. I was like, does uh does Jason not want to get like hair on his face? Yeah, what was that all about? When he's transferring guy? his heart from one person to the next. Here's my question. He doesn't want to get like bur- you know, beard burn. Yeah, he's not into <laughs> scruffy guys. Was it the coroner? 
or was it Jason? Oh, the corner's preference. Yeah, maybe he... Now, oh, once you answer that question, ask yourself, why did either one of them give a shit if this guy was shaved? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) The life of me, I can't It's so weird. I never never even remember that scene. And then I'm watching it recently. I'm like, what the fuck is he doing this for? Just put the thing in him. And why do you have to put him in the bondage chair? Like... (laughs) I why, why can't you just fucking French him and transfer your heart? Why do you have to go through this whole fucking mess? Maybe this movie's like a secret, uh, like thing, like uh, Freddy Two, you know, where it's like <laughs> it's speaking on something. Oh, he could have a personal. There's a whole nother level to yeah, it. Yeah, like we're not aware <laughs> yeah. of, like say so onion. Maybe we, we really need to peel the layers off onion. this thing. Well, that's why we're doing this show, guys. Yeah, right. <laughs> but the what more I peel for. it back, the more it smells like ass. I mean. Yeah. That's, mm. Oh, God. Well, as long as we're talking about things that make no sense that had us scratching our heads, when Stephen is in the jail cell next to Creighton Duke, why in the hell? Okay, Creighton has already established that uh, to fulfill the bounty or whatever, he wants $500,000. That's his price. But then when he's in the jail cell, he's like, Stephen's trying to get information out of him. And he's like, you have to pay the price. And he's like, what? And then he breaks his fingers. And somehow that's like the 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 fare needed to give that's information. Like, like that's, control, that's, that's his price that all sense, of a sudden. Yeah. It's a control thing. I have power over you. Which is also leads right into it's a sadist thing. Yeah, the BDSM angle. Yeah, I felt like he was kind of testing Steve's metal to see if he would be able to help out in some way plus also they're able to use the injury to actually you know get out but let me be clear Jacqueline everything you said is totally correct this mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense at all like it's me stretching okay all right fair fair the movie's plot just is all over the place period I'm sorry there's a plot yeah so are the locations one moment Jason's at Camp Crystal Lake next minute he's back at the diner like how how close is everything also Fucking Vor! I didn't know Voorhees' mom had a fucking summer bungalow that happens to be in the perfect location in between every set that set piece that we have to go to in the movie. She has got to be. She's got to be the richest waitress on earth. When? (laughs) When did they ever show the Voorhees' house? Remember, they misspelled the name on the fucking sign. Apparently, New York is not that far away from Youngstown, Ohio. Wood, Ohio. (laughs) So. Actually, Crystal Lake's supposed to be in Jersey, I believe, right? Right. Actually, I know exactly where it is. It's supposed to be like like in the Northeast. It's not in Ohio. And that's where they were. And it's like... It's so weird. Yeah, how far did Jason walk? Like, (laughs) But see, Springwood's not that far, according to Freddy versus Jason. And New York's just on the other side. You can get to the boat, clearly. Because you can take a boat from the lake... That at least was entertaining. Okay, so they (laughs) intertwined the two worlds, but they they gave you zero explanation of why they had the Necromonica or whatever they call it. Necromonica? Come on, John, it's a hard (laughs) thing. Okay, I can't. (laughs) Playing a bluesy (laughs) tune in his downtime. Exactly. So so you have that, and then you have Freddy that you see appear at the end. And then it's okay. Next up, it's a Satan song. Well, this was this was Friday. Is that the only time leaving Paramount and coming into New Line, which Freddie was a part of. So that's that fine. Him. I get that, I, and it's Freddy setting Man. up for Freddie versus Jason. But when did Jason ever go to hell? When those well, at the very end. hands grabbed at whatever the, the those very hands he were. did. You just saw his mask disappear. The mold him. 
Well, I think I think it's like the the you know the those people who are already in hell are like kind of dragging him down, and they've Freddy's clearly, already there. I'm sorry, sorry I've clearly done. established that uh, Jason can morph into anything he wants, so he can be a hell beast if he wants to. That's that's part of the canon now. There you go. There is but, when he gets dragged down to hell. There is nothing so unscary than those like giant <laughs> Muppet hands from the labyrinth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like the <laughs> Ben Grimm thing hands. Now, there were images of like little demon things grabbing him. I've, I remember seeing, but I don't remember that in the film. I watched the, the uncut version today. Oh, I, I didn't version? watch of this. Yeah, I didn't watch the uncut. Yeah, the version. uncut version still has those stupid hands. But I've seen ver- versions or at least images of like little demon creatures pulling yeah. around. But I don't. My that. question then is, what was uncut? So, Leo, did you watch the HBO Max version like I did? Yes. So the death that they were talking about when the when the sign comes through that woman and rips her in half that yeah. wasn't in our version. Really? That wasn't. Yeah, so I I've seen really? the movie before, so I remembered it. But right. yeah, but That's it actually it actually shows her get skewered, yeah. and then she she's topless and, and it rips up. up through her. Also, yeah. is that the Leo, only what was thing uncut that was, cut? was the guy's penis, the the llama. That was probably uncut. <laughs> oh my llama God. dick was uncut. I, I, dick, I mean, yeah. in order I, to be described <laughs> as a llama, I, I imagine it must have been uncut. Is that what you yeah. were paying attention to, Hydroberg? Does that mean that he shampooed a lot and it was soft like alpaca? <laughs> I, lo- I love the idea that you have listeners that have never seen this movie and have no idea we're not actually talking about a llama dick. We're <laughs> <laughs> not. There's some shaving going on in this movie. So who knows, maybe. It is well, 1993. Now I'm really confused because you got you, Stephen, you watched the HBO Max version. Yes. And you said, and it had the the woman getting like it did off, not that was it did not but what happened not, in that scene but, but i that's weird because i know that the version that i watched was the r-rated one not the unrated which had like three, three, three additional minutes of footage i've watched this movie three fucking times <laughs> just for this no, i believe this? you i'm just confused no. about oh, no, no no that that was to hydroberg not to you jacqueline oh. um <laughs> no Jacqueline, you're great. Um, the uh, Heidelberg on the other hand. Heidelberg on the other hand. Um, no, so so in the version that I watched, uh, so basically he stabs the sign forward, mm-hmm. and then all you see is Tony the Wonder Llama's face, sort of like go ah, and blood splats <laughs> over oh, his shit. face. Oh no, then, that's one of my best. My favorite. But character. I remembered the kill, so I but I couldn't. I just couldn't find another version of it. That's so weird because the VHS version had it back in the day. That's why I was. That's probably when, where I remember it from. Yeah. So that's why, Jacqueline, we were talking earlier that I said, like, this movie's a mess as far as like what scenes belong where. Yeah. Yeah. It's, like, is, it's like Blade Runner. We never so I get wonder his, if what I watched was actually the either. unrated version and they just mistakenly labeled it as the R rated version Fair. on Maybe. Amazon, which is where I watched it. Yeah. Did, did, kind of, this movie actually felt like there were two different directors like like the the first director got fired halfway through and they brought somebody else in to do some rewrites and it's just it's so like superman 2 yeah it's yeah. like disjointed yeah, yes uh, uh unsegmented and you just you feel like this movie's just like it could have been something like what like feels- i said at the beginning is that that you get this vibe okay it's going to be a friday the 13th movie so however campy it's going to be i'm <clears throat> i'm already kind of in until you actually start watching it and then it's yeah. just like it 
doesn't make any sense. It's I'll like tell you, I got invested right off when they had the OG music playing. Yeah, they had stuff yeah. from like the soundtrack from the first film was going on. And I'm like, OK, it's starting off with that. It's starting off with a shower scene. This is a perfect yeah. Jason movie. And then pardon the pun. It all went to hell. Yeah, nice. So can I can I offer some trivia that might it doesn't like make it make sense, but it explains why it's so disjointed and why you get a very strong sense that it was like not a singular vision. Uh, so for one thing, yes, there was a, an original script written by somebody else. And then it wasn't good. So um, uh, Sean Cunningham insisted that it was thrown out and he brought somebody else in on a deadline and had somebody else write it in like four days. And then he had somebody else polish it up for over a weekend. And then some other person wrote the opening scene with the FBI agents. And so there were a lot of cooks in this kitchen, a lot wow. of hands in this thing. Mm-hmm. And then, <clears throat> so again, Adam, what, what's his last name again? Adam Marcus. Adam Marcus. He made so many mistakes as a first time director that he shot, I think, I want to say like, I don't, I don't have the exact number on this, but I want to say like um, 130 minutes of footage and very little of it was actually usable. I think I want the um, Adam Marcus cut hashtag Adam Marcus cut. Let's start campaigning. No, thank you. But so they could only salvage about 45 to 50 minutes of the original version. And so the runtime is like, only 85 minutes or so so almost half of what we see in this film is like reshoots repurposed footage and just like random storylines that were kind of added in to like beef up the running time so it, that's the why reshoots, was it part of the script that they had or was it just some random shit they shot it was like random shit. They were like, uh, so let's wow. see the thing about like the sheriff being engaged and they're like planning their honeymoon. That was kind of just thrown in there. And, um, it makes more sense of why this movie felt so disjointed. You know, if there was only 45 minutes of usable footage and they had to do yeah. reshoot. Yeah. And like the thing about, um, Jessica and Steven having been a couple yeah. that was completely added after the fact. It he's wasn't never met his baby like before. Like, yeah. So it's, it's just like, it's like a patchwork. Jacqueline, do you know what happened to that other footage? Was it destroyed? Was it just not usable in some way? Do you have any it's idea? Not on here. I don't. <laughs> I, I have, I have no indication that it was destroyed. Let's see. It'll show up soon in like a, a boutique Blu-ray release. <laughs> sure. No. Oh, we found this hidden footage at the bottom of Crystal Lake. <laughs> I have steel, to confess, if I ever got yeah. like super rich money, that's the sort of thing I would invest in. Yeah. I would find that footage. I would purchase it. And even if I never released it, just to have it, just to be the one person that has it. This film does feel like one of those movies where it's like they took a script that had nothing to do with this character. And then yeah. just put him in it. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, the, this movie's not we didn't want to make this one movie. The script's OK. We have it in the back burner. Let's put Jason in it. Well, who said it at the beginning is that Jason could be anybody, you know? Oh, yeah, there you go. Leo. Right. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. he did say that in it. And it's just like, OK, Jason could be anybody, you know, whether like it's Spider-Man. Well, and that that does happen sometimes. I mean, I'm sure you guys probably know, but a lot of Hellraiser movies have been repurposed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they've set them up it was a totally different movie. And then they figured out with just a few changes, they could make them into a Hellraiser movie. I believe Die Hard 2, I think was one of those films. Really? Also, I didn't know that. Uh, Prom Night 2. 
was a yeah. repurposed movie. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I learned that from your prom night two episode. Hello, Mary Lou. Which I like that. Ooh. I like that movie. That's a fun one. It's a fun yeah. one. I watched it the first time with Joe Bob on the uh, last drive-in. Sweet. It was good. Cool. Well, so we... sorry, oh, go, go ahead, Stephen. Oh, oh no, I... <laughs> I'm I, sorry. I'm. I, we brought something up earlier, and I just wanted to to ask you guys about it. Uh, we we barely brought up the dagger. Yeah. That that just absolutely comes out of nowhere. So the it's even like he's twirling dagger? around the whole time. Right, right. Well, and then she before he's it becomes the dagger. uh, Yeah, and I didn't know if like it was just if he had a specific knife that when you threw it to her and she caught it, it turned into a magic dagger. I didn't know if she has this problem like in general, like if she's cutting (laughs) vegetables in the kitchen suddenly. (laughs) (laughs) Most knives. (laughs) I don't know. It's so weird. Okay, so I have trivia about this too. Oh boy! Nice. Nice. So in November of 2017, Adam Marcus revealed that an overlooked plot point of the movie is that Jason Voorhees, get ready for this. Jason Voorhees is actually connected to the Evil Dead franchise. The filmmaker stated Pamela Voorhees makes a deal with the devil by reading from the Necronomicon to bring back her son. That's why Jason isn't Jason. He's Jason plus the Evil Dead. And now you can believe that he can go from a little boy that lives in a lake to a full-grown man in a couple of months, to zombie Jason, to never being able to kill this guy. That, to me, and only you, is way more interesting <laughs> as a mashup, and Sam Raimi loved it. It's not like I could tell New Line my plan to include the Evil Dead, because they don't own Evil Dead, so it had to be an Easter egg, and I did focus on it. There's a whole scene that includes the book, and I hoped people would get it and figure out that that's what I'm up to. So yes, in my opinion, Jason Voorhees is a deadite. Yeah, but right. he never says, I'll swallow your soul. <laughs> I'm right. This is a fanfic. This entire fucking yeah, movie is. is a fanfic. <laughs> Holy shit. This director is. He, he he just he's like he's taking every he tried. his favorite horror. Oh my god. Can I also say we haven't touched on this, but uh this film does Aaron Gray really dirty. The actress Aaron Gray. Yes. She's only in it for a small part. Uh, we never get to spend much time with her or learn about like how she's a Voorhees somehow. Or like her daughter becomes a Voorhees. And then she dies. She's impaled by a knife sharpener. Not an actual knife. Just the sharpener. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And then Jason, baby Jason, crawls up her hoo-ha <laughs> and becomes fucking Jason Prime again or whatever the fuck you want to call him. Jason and I just Prime. like, I had such a crush on this woman from Buck Rogers back in the day. Sure. That like to see her, like she's a great actress. And like, I just felt like she was done really dirty in this film. Wasn't she in Silver Spoons, too? Possibly, but I just remember that outfit she wore in Buck Rogers, bro. Two things. Uh, One, baby Jason crawls up her hoo-ha is going on a shirt. (laughs) (laughs) If if I could just... (laughs) If I can interrupt for a second, this whole thing was worth it to see Jacqueline's face when Hyderberg said that. (laughs) I I was going to say a a dirtier word, but I'm like, no, hoo-ha gets the point. Second I mean, thing, I'm a big girl. I could, I could take it. Yeah. <laughs> Jason Prime pops out, as you put it. Jason <laughs> Why does he look the same? Does he still have a hockey mask on? No, no, and, and not even that. If if 
Anakin Skywalker can be young and hot again. There's no reason why Jason, going from host to host, can't come out and decide to be a new version of himself. Maybe that's the form he prefers. Yeah, maybe when he See, saw himself in a mirror and got yeah, got surprised, it it's because he was so hot. That's why he was like, "Look, Ooh, shit, this I is look how good." Hot I look. With, oh, with the tumors back. on his head and yeah. all the shit that he's been I'm through, this is the one yeah. he wants. <laughs> yeah, my Rip Van Winkle hair—it's great. Sure. <laughs> Give me back my mullet. Give me back my mullet. <laughs> oh, God. Party in the back, slaughter in the front. Oh. That's awesome. That's going on a t-shirt. Too. That's a t-shirt. <laughs> Party in the back on the front and then or whatever. The, the opposite. We'll figure the it out. The opposite of that. The opposite <laughs> of that. <laughs> Party in the back, slaughter in the front. Yeah. In the hoo-ha. Mm. That's what Wah. the kids say. Oh, my Lord. John, I wanted to go back to something that you've mentioned a couple of times now. Is that like Based on the title, I was expecting for this whole movie to take place in hell. Mm-hmm. That's that's what my brain told me should happen in this movie. And so I kept it. It would have been a better movie. I thought after that opening scene where he gets killed by the FBI agents, I thought, okay, now like we're going to hell. We're going to see Jason fighting some suffering souls and demons and fighting the devil and all this. And so I kept waiting for that to happen. I really thought we were going to be like not on earth mm. in this film. Jason fighting the devil would have been like an Ozzy Osbourne cover. Oh God, how yeah. good Sounds would that be? Rad though? to me. So yeah, I was excited. Like, oh, this is gonna be badass. It's it's funny actually. Like the last three films, <sighs> well, not counting the remake, but like takes Manhattan, this film, and Jason X are three that kind of start to shake up the formula a little bit sure, uh, sure. with Jason, and they're also probably my top three worst. Uh, picks for like Friday 13th films in my opinion. Agreed. I hate that I love Kane Hodder as a person so much and he played Jason in the worst Jason movies. Yeah, I yeah. love him. I think he's a good Jason. He's imposing. I mean, that's not his fault though. No, like, I know. Four, but... and I think Seven are two of shame. my favorites. Yeah, Seven's a blast. I love Seven's seven. the one with the, the chick with telekinesis, right? Yep. yep. <laughs> Which is also starting to go in a weird uh, sure. you know, angle, but well, you could you could also say like starting at three, that's where it really got campy. You know, I mean, yeah. the first one was actually pretty frightening it is. and dramatic. Uh, the second one was just kind of like, you know, Jason wasn't necessarily Jason yet. Number three is where it got campy, but he was like an intimidating figure. He got his hockey mask. So if you follow the timeline properly, he was still human up until the fourth film. Yeah. Where he literally died. So they had to have Roy come in for the fifth film. And it wasn't until they dug him up in the sixth one that he became a zombie. Yeah, lightning is what brought him back, right? Yeah. Yep. But until the fourth movie, he was still the grown-up version of that kid that supposedly drowned in the lake, but literally didn't, and he was just a guy going around killing people. Yeah, Jacqueline, what you've missed between part four and this one is lightning, telekinesis, (laughs) an imposter, (laughs) doors full of toxic waste. Yeah, Thanks talk for showing me in because I checked out bar. since I haven't heard, seen these. Christine so Glover, like, New York. Like, <laughs> a burrito, a really spicy burrito. Yep. Yeah. Ooh, well, that sounds oh, good. That. Oh, that, oh, that guy's got to take a shit. <laughs> Damn, so enchiladas. That, enchiladas. That's what it was. Enchiladas. I love that guy. I forgot all about oh, him. God. Holy yeah. shit. Damn, enchiladas. See what oh, I did God, there? He's Holy shit. When he gets killed. That was a thing. Yeah, it was. So let me ask a question. What works in this film? Does anything work? The kills and the gore. 
Not really. I mean, <laughs> some okay. of it was okay. I like yeah. no. I like when he kills the people in the in the diner. Like he shoves that one dude's head into the fryer. He bashes that one lady who sucks in the face, and her face just like goes right like it, fucking implodes. It just holds true to every other movie. I mean, Comical. It, it, it did not really add anything to the movie. You're just like, oh, cool. I'm I think a, that's I'm intrigued thing, for a second. Um, I think the people in the diner the people that work at the diner are genuinely funny. They suck. Yeah. I actually agree they that they suck, suck but they are, but they are like, they get some genuine laughs that I think the movie intended. Um, they're kind of this great mix between like a trauma film and a yeah. John Waters movie. They are. Actually, um, yeah. So I, I think that's genuinely worthwhile. I also, I actually think Jason's face looks fantastic. I like, do the, you though? I, I, you're right. I don't. Well, just, uh, <laughs> you like how the mask. So what like I just said, I meant flesh, the opposite. Right? <laughs> like, yeah, that it's sort of sunken into his head. Yeah, I don't like anything else. I don't like the giant brainiac head. Oh, and, okay. Uh, I thought you were mullet. including the head that's features with the face. So, okay, I, okay. I, yeah. I'm, I'm on no, board I, I do like that after the years have gone by and all the damage he's taken, that is kind of fused to his face. That's a nice touch. Yeah. I just mm-hmm. wish they didn't have the tumors all yeah. around. Well, we now know that that was just a concealed fucking <laughs> that's sweet, sweet mullet. So, and I that's give true. you know, I'll cut it some slack for that. Also, the diner people. Their way of taking care of a baby is to put it in a box. In a banana box. <laughs> in a banana box. I, and then leave I, the baby there. Just say, no, you stay here. Jacqueline, I thought I thought of you because I know you have kids. And so I wanted to ask, like, did how do you feel about a waitress just putting a baby in a banana box yeah. and then like fucking off? Just but leaving. Okay, there, was a, there was some shredded <laughs> newspaper in the box. So she, the baby well, there were holes in there, too. So it could yeah. breathe. I, mean, I saw baby. that and I thought, well, I didn't know that that was a thing you could do. So I've just started putting my kids in banana boxes. And it's fine. <laughs> that's what kids do. They just stay still after you put them somewhere. Like, right. They don't, they don't have children. But I always thought table. that's how you raise them is you put them in a box yeah. and then you wait a few years. You, you wait open for them to ripen. Teenagers <laughs> well, they come out of a box, so like yeah. obviously you put them in. Them. <laughs> you just yeah. put them up up real high so that they can't yeah, possibly like, hurt anything. Here. They'll be scared to get out of the box. Put them on the top shelf. Like, yeah, they have a natural fear of heights, so they'll just yeah, stay put. Obviously, they won't be curious and try and step out of the box. That kid was bigger enough. There's no way that kid was just born anyway. That kid was huge. Also, yeah. And that's yeah, a whole they're... other issue I have with movies in general where they use two-year-olds to be a newborn baby. Yeah. I mean, almost every baby. Like, I think maybe once or twice in my whole life have I seen a newborn baby in a movie that actually looks like a newborn baby. Or at least something that's less than a year old. Well, right. but it's because when they're first born, they like they usually just don't look that cute. They're kind of wrinkly and like a little too hairy. And <laughs> Sure. Um, they don't look cute and plump. It's like they have to fill out a little bit. They look a little like, but I mean, like at least at very least, if it's less than a year old, you could pass it off as a newborn, you know, but they're using these kids that are clearly over a year old and they're like, look at my newborn baby. And he's already have full sentences and shit. (laughs) (laughs) Ready to take my writing a Shakespearean monologue. (laughs) I just got my license yesterday. (laughs) My mom still introduces me in months. Nine hundred and twenty months. Whoa, son! <laughs> Do they make onesies in that size? Walmart does. <laughs> they they really uh, throw that baby you. around at the end. Yeah. They, there's a lot of fighting that happens with that baby. Yeah, 
Yeah. Uh, Adam Before we had the baby, new ninjutsu. New what? Ninjutsu. Oh, God. Like, if it was a kick-ass baby, then... That would be a different movie. I think they could make Those separate- are the jokes that I do that usually get edited out. So you might want to consider that. <laughs> okay. No, we're keeping that in there. We are keeping that in there. It's a no-cut special. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, Leo. What did I, I miss? Say- I was in the bathroom. Leo I told an inappropriate joke about you. Oh, that's fine. All right. I'm okay. I he told us how he really feels about you. Fully at your expense. It was worth it. Absolutely. Feel free after when this is all done and you're editing to just remove Leo from the episode. <laughs> DJ, can't you tell we don't edit? <laughs> I am typically done, I would be edited out of our it's, own it's show. Too bad I gave you guys a I'm the one that does review. the editing. So <laughs> already. I, no, we're like college freshmen. We we get the damn thing done and we don't want to look at it again. We just turn it in. No, I throw a little intro we're on not it. Not as thorough as you guys. Yeah. I genuinely get that though. I do the editing for us and we have this dynamic, like he does the scripts uh, mostly, and then we do the show and then he's done with it, but I still have to edit it. And once I'm edited and it's done, I don't want to look at it again. I don't, he's, he's going back and he's listening to it three or four times going, this is fucking amazing. I'm like, I don't want to hear that shit anymore. I just spent 16 hours with it. I'm done. You guys put out a great product though. So whatever you're doing, it works. 16 yeah. is an exaggeration. More like oh, okay. I was like, Jesus I think we've Christ. Run out of yeah. things to say about yeah. this a job. <laughs> a little behind the curtain right now is that we're keeping this in the show. <laughs> we're not <laughs> cutting this. <laughs> we have nothing else but, to say about this movie. So, but you guys, you guys can pull it off. Not everybody yeah. can. Not everybody can pull off just the kind of the hangout vibe and just like that getting together and doing thing. You do a very good job with thank it. You. Thank That's you. That's a testament well, to. You. Our friendship, I feel like that we're developing. We have a we're poor. I feel. Yeah. You're talking about. I, I think it's also true that the editing too, yeah. takes so long for us because of how anal the two of us are. We're psychos. So, <laughs> I'm into anal too. I mean, <laughs> hey, right, no Jacqueline, shaming around here. Get yes. us back on track. <laughs> All right. Uh, I don't even know what we're talking about. Oh, something that works for me in this film is the. I think we've already mentioned it, but that opening scene where she's basically entrapping mm-hmm. Jason. I think it works. It like it plays on the familiar beats of like creating suspense and what's going to happen, but it's also a lot of the stereotypes and stuff that we've seen all the previous movies and, you know, basically all slashers like yeah. oh, she's in the shower. Oh, she's all uh-huh. alone. Oh, she shakes her hair out from under her oh, baseball cap and yeah, she's got to get in it. Oh, she falls down in the woods. It's all <laughs> the stuff that we've come to expect, but it's all a big setup and I think that part's actually really creative. Granted, that was written by someone who didn't write anything else for the whole movie. So, but at least, that, at least though, that part works. For me, that was the one thing of this film that I can look at. Like if I just saw that five minutes of the movie and then nothing else, I'd be satisfied. This would be a good yeah. film. True. But everything after, and I'm, I'm even including the, the sting with the cops where they all shot him dead, except for him screaming. <laughs> the one exception but everything up to that point i thought worked really well as a standard jason film comparing it to other standard jason films and leah i'm everything with you like with after all, that yeah with garbage. all sincerity that that's why i felt like this was going to be kind of a fun ride because when i did see it back in 1994 i didn't remember anything about this movie right. and okay. i had to watch it as if i was watching it for the first time but that like you said the first five minutes felt like a Friday the 13th movie that formulaic thing of Friday the 13th really it, it, it's that's what makes the franchise so success, successful it's not 
you know, it's not necessarily all the best ones, but this is what you've come to understand of a Friday the thirteenth or a Halloween. It broke. Yeah. And it's a little tongue in cheek too. So like again, I'm watching it and I'm laughing and I'm enjoying the you know, the fake scares and the bulb and the like here we go again. Yeah. 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 I, I did laugh a little bit later though, because you know, Jason's escaped and they're talking about Jason's escape and they got to catch him and whatnot. And I, I just started laughing. This is where my brain goes. I'm thinking that the FBI has sent out like an army of these women to just go out and like they shower. <laughs> <laughs> They've rented every cabin on Camp Crystal Lake. And they're just... They keep bending over in front of mirrors, hoping that he'll <laughs> right. He'll Maybe now he'll come. <laughs> Weird continuity Let me open the medicine thing, cabinet again and then shut yeah. it. And then, <laughs> right. right, just doing those same bits over open and over it, and over again. The, the curtain to the shower. Is he there? Is he there? <laughs> it's Sorry, sir. Time. Sorry, sir. He's not here yet. I'm I'm naked. I'm naked. <laughs> Keep showering. It's a weird Keep showering. Thing, I've been but... in here for 45 hours. What the hell? I'm, I'm getting pr- crude. Yeah. <laughs> I would watch that film. Leo, yeah, what are you of course start? you went Hyderberg. They actually <laughs> made a comment throughout the film at one point or another when the, I think it was when the kids were driving up when he picked up the hitchhikers that they had actually torn all the cabins down, but the camp still exists. Yeah. So I don't know what fucking cabin they were sending all these FBI agents out to because it That's wasn't true. technically Crystal Lake. Yeah. <laughs> it was the house from Evil Dead. <laughs> yeah. Cabin <laughs> in the woods. It, it ties all the continuity together. Also, oh, Leo, what if. Yeah, it was the cabin in the Evil Dead on Elm Street in Haddonfield, Illinois, wasn't it? <laughs> it was right past the Myers house, John. Oh, there's there's another one, too. So in the basement where Diane's body is, yeah. there's a giant crate that is from the Arctic, a reference to the thing. Uh, yes. Oh, God. I thought what? that was a reference to, to creep, um, show. creep Show. Yeah, exactly. Oh, really? I thought it was the thing, but you might be right. Yeah. Um, Leo, I what did if... read that it was Creep Show. I did oh, okay. read that it was Creep All Show. Right. What if during uh, that scene when J- J- Jason's chasing her, she takes off the towel and they wrap him in it, right? And that's like how they captured him. Like they hold him down. <laughs> that was a super towel. towel so yeah, I exactly. believe it would so work. They use that. It was an FBI issued towel. Obviously. So like, <laughs> yeah, just with him it, in that. That towel's not going anywhere. Yeah, that was military so grade fucking towel. Like, yeah, with the little yeah. with the little tuck in the front. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, I just had a great marketing idea. You mm-hmm. guys have your spoils of horror loofah. We're gonna have a cut above super towels. Oh, yes. We're gonna take over the bath industry. Oh, this is great! Oh and yeah, we on here we come as a we dual need, product. I love it. We need Blood somebody to make a beyond. razor, and we need somebody to make a toothbrush, and we'll have a whole bathroom set. Yeah, and <laughs> oil above body wash. I'd buy it. I'd rub that on my body. <laughs> it's lavender. <laughs> That's the tagline for the cell right watch there. That per- body wash. I'd rub that on my body. Perfect for cleaning up your body before Jason enters you. Oh my God. In your hoo-ha. Were you just in your safe on Did all you get hoo-ha. blood all over you? Time for a loofah. <laughs> Clean your hoo-ha. This train is derailed. <laughs> the spoiler <laughs> above. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> does anything else work in this movie? No. It no, all works. Oil above body wash. Cleaning out your hoo-ha sounds good to me. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have I have nine out of ten who has agree that <laughs> I'm not even gonna try to keep us on the rails anymore. No. I, I have mixed feelings about Steve as a hero. Oh, he's, okay. he's like he's he's such a he's very a very competent hero, and they 
kind of do the same bit over and over and over again with him where he's kind of like shelved to the side and then just comes running in at the last second and does some big heroic thing. He's not at first though. At first he's not played like he's going to do anything competently. That's why he's shocking. Like it's, I I forgot that he was the fucking hero in this movie. Mm -hmm. And so it just, please. We'll finish your thought. Oh no, but I I was done. I was done. I'm I'm just so shocked that he's the hero. Well, so it's interesting that you, that you say it that way. Cause I, he, he ends up being like a hero type, but there's not, I don't feel like there's really a protagonist in this film. Like yeah, for most of it, I don't know who I'm following or whatever. Cause there's mm-hmm. so many things happening at once. Yeah. And so it's like, you don't have anybody to latch on to. You don't have like, you know, somebody who makes it all the way through. You don't have anybody that you're like really that, that you really like care about that much. It's, it's just, Creighton it feels Duke, very disjointed. Hmm? He's the protagonist. Creighton Duke. Well, see, they try to get Creighton Duke to be the protagonist, and they try to get Steven to be the protagonist, and they try to get the Voorhees girl to be the protagonist. Yeah. And the problem is exactly what Jacqueline's talking about. We don't care about any of these people. Mm-hmm. We're not invested mm-hmm. in a single one of them. So we'll who gives a shit them. if they live or die? And nor do you give a shit about Jason anymore, because, you know, even in, even in the other movies, you're looking for that next, you know, amazing killer, like gruesome kill you don't even root for him because you don't see him throughout the movie or at least the tense atmosphere that uh a slasher this isn't even really like a slasher in that sense of like you know there's a build-up to tension and like oh this girl's gonna go like the tropes that these films do which we've come to uh you know accept as like this is what a friday 13th is but that's what we're looking for right we want that like and you're you know, like the way the, the movie started, those tropes. Yeah. And Heidelberg, you're 100% right. I mean, th- there is no buildup. There is no yeah. tension. It's like going through the motions of like, okay, when's it going to happen now? Oh, yeah. there it is. Yeah, but it's not even doing that. Through. That's the problem. It's yeah. not going through the tropes. It's not going through the motions. It's trying to do this entirely other let's rebuild the universe thing yeah. that just doesn't fucking work. Without paying homage to the universe that you're rebuilding, you know? Well, and that's what's so shocking is that this is the supposedly the last movie in a franchise, and yet it is so filled with like new lore and drama. Like this is it's a fucking soap opera. There's you know a mom and a daughter, and then there's a baby and a boyfriend, and then another boyfriend, and all of this drama is right. Is an evil, and and that's that's the nail on the head too. Is if this is the final Friday. Why are we introducing a bunch of new shit? No franchise should ever call themselves the final anything because it's we all know a it's waste. Not just like yeah. Halloween Kills is not going to be the last fucking Halloween we ever see. Don't no. they bring Jason's mom back and and the woman? What was her name? What was her the, the actress's name? Betsy Palmer. But, yeah, yeah. She she came back in Jason X, didn't she? Or was it no. versus Jason? No, Freddy versus she Jason. She was back in one more movie, character. and it was amazing to me. I love the scene of yeah. her being back. It was actually her. Yeah. You know, obviously, she was much, much older, but it was so wonderful to see her. I, I, I want to say it was maybe it wasn't Freddy versus Jason. Was it? She's, it she, she's in part two. She's in part two. No, I understand, um, that, but they, they yeah. got her back much, much later. I want to say For it sure. was Freddy versus Jason, and it was it was amazing to see her. It was just like because you can identify with that character, especially if you had seen mm-hmm. one and two. Sure, and most people have, and you know right. we're familiar with the lore of Jason and the the lore of Freddy, which was really cool to see her. So I, mm-hmm. I, I have to look that up. 
Yeah, I was going to say it must be Jason X, which I haven't seen in a long time because Freddy it's versus neither. Jason, it, it's, it's neither. No, She's slated as having acted in part one, part two, part four, and his name is Jason, which is a documentary sort of thing. She's not in any other Jason movie. Oh, I do know four? that I do know that she was offered a role in one of them and and she declined. Yeah. Okay. Just, and she might have they, they might have used a clip of her from a previous film because it's part of the franchise and they're allowed to do that. Yeah. But she never actually had a role in any of the other films. Understood. Yeah. Yeah. I just remember being in one of those later ones and I was just like, oh, that was Freddy really cool. versus Jason had Nana Visitor as Pamela Voorhees and she played Kira on Deep Space Nine, Star Trek. Mm. So maybe that nerd alert. <laughs> she was beautiful and i was very enamored with her back in the day and i, I watched happy to base nine with my dad so i got you all right well i th- i think we've done enough here what you guys ever played the video game the uh, friday 13th game oh yeah leo and i, I played it on this film Leo and I played it through the pandemic. Uh, yeah, I yeah, used to play it with fucking the straight chilling guys. We used to get together and sometimes play with some of the community. It's so much fun. Us up. I started playing that game from the fucking on Kickstarter. The still up. I was part of that campaign and I've been playing it ever since. I'd happily get on board with anyone who wants to play that. <laughs> yeah, I love that game. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. It plays up on a lot of the tropes. Oh. And, and then because you play the game so much, you're then watching the movies and you're sort of expecting to see the things that you see in the game, which is a lot of fun. Yeah. It's really great. That does sound like fun. I'm not a gamer, but that sounds pretty good. It's a fun game. It's a good time. We should all do it. I'm down. I know the servers aren't like, you can't like find new people, I think, but you can play with people, you know, already still, I think. Yes. Yep. I think so. As long as you have the game and you're using the same system, like Xbox or whatever, you can all get together. Okay. Nice. All right, fellas, you guys ready to rate this? Ready, let's do it. <laughs> I didn't think we'd talk at length about this movie as much as we have, but it's been great. Yeah, actually, I did actually because I knew you guys were going to bring it. So, <laughs> all right, well, Hyderberg, you want to give us your rating? I will. I I had to find some pros for this film just because I'm rating it. Um, it's got some great gore. I think some of the gore is really well done. Like that scene where the sheriff fucking melts is really fucking awesome mm-hmm. it's kind of comes out of left field because we don't see any other hosts melt like that or anything. we don't see what happens to the other hosts when they when he leaves their body but um it was pretty cool so it was the head splitting with the uh the baby jason coming out is a la the thing a little bit i like that fake head split with the thing crawling out of it it was pretty cool um there's some laughs to be had, I feel like, with this movie, especially if you watched it with friends and had some drinks. Now, that's turning a, a negative into a positive. It's it's still a negative. The film's not that good. Uh, but you can find something to enjoy out of it if you're making fun of it. Um, and I do love the Freddy glove grabbing Jason's mask at the end. I know that's just leading into Jason versus Freddy or Freddy versus Jason, which you know some people really love. I have to watch that film again because I don't have like super fond memories of it. But... Um, I don't know. It's just a kind of cool uh, stinger at the end, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this movie's pretty bad. Uh, <laughs> it's not a very good installment in the Friday the 13th franchise to the point that, like, they don't even call it a Friday the 13th movie. Um, it's possibly one of the worst. Like I said, it's it's up there with Jason Takes Manhattan and Jason X for me in my list of, like, worst in the franchise. The acting uh, is really bad. The editing is really bad. 
mm-hmm. uh, as well as the writing. The writing's really bad. Uh, the slug swapping trick that they try to pull off, uh, <laughs> although it's something different, it just doesn't work well. Like they don't lean into it enough. I feel like too, like he doesn't swap bodies that often until the very end. Sure, sure. And then even then it's just like, I don't know, like it's not focused on enough or even explained why it's happening. Um, and the effect itself is not all that well done either. Like the actual slug itself is just not like, it just doesn't look that great. It's just mm-hmm. kind of like a black blob that comes out and why he has to shave your face or at least one person's face to do it. Who the fuck knows? I don't know. Um, and <laughs> like, you want to see Jason in these films and you just don't mm-hmm. get that in this film. And I get like trying to shake it up a little bit, but like John, you said, like had they shaked it up and also shown more like mirror images of him, that would have worked. That would at least like satiated some of that, like want to see Jason do his thing. You know, if he killed somebody as a human and then you look over in the mirror and you see Jason stabbing the guy, that would have fucking translated pretty well. And it would at least helped out, you know, to get some of that, that Jason vibe that you want from a Friday 13th film. Also, I want to say this, if you're looking for a good slug swap horror movie, check out the hidden from 1987, because that is a good slug swapping horror movie and it's metal as fuck. So with that said, that's really all I can say about this film. I'm going to give Jason Goes to Hell. I'm going to, I guess this is, this seems generous. I'm giving it a three out of 10 heart sandwiches. <laughs> three Image. out of 10 heart sandwiches. Yummy. Take a bite out of that. It's like a five out of foot long. <laughs> Just like take that heart and arr, take a bite. Out. <laughs> take a bite out of crime. Yeah. I got to take uh, a body break. You all go first. Okay. <laughs> Steven, would you care to go next? Uh, I, yeah, great. Um, actually, so Hyderberg, I, I agree with everything you said. Um, I think this movie has, (laughs) (laughs) I haven't brought up how I haven't brought up Halloween kills yet. Um, yeah, I heard you guys aren't fans. We'll get into it later anyway. So, uh, so there's a lot that I love about this movie, but it's, it's in a way that is that knows how bad it is. You know, I'm very aware of how bad it is. I think that the movie just doesn't make any sense at all. The scenes don't, the scenes don't come together. You can feel that things were added, especially some of the stuff with camp crystal Lake towards the middle of the movie that was clearly inserted just because they wanted to get more kills in there and more stuff with the lake. Uh, I love the gore in this movie. That's something that I remembered from when I saw it as a kid. I think the movie waffles between being funny intentionally and being funny unintentionally, but I'll give it credit where it's due. There are parts that I find genuinely funny. Uh, I like the characters at the diner. They're totally over the top, but I enjoy them. Um, I, I don't think the acting is terrible in this movie. Now, granted, I say this on the pod, I'm, I'm a little easy on actors because um, I've, I've worked with a lot of them, so I, I know what that job can be like. But I don't think they're terrible. I, I think it's a shocking twist that, that Steve ends up being such a hero <laughs> and doing so much when he's a nothing character. I think they create something really cool with great Creighton Duke, but then do nothing with it at the end. There's There's no ending to that story, and we see nothing that happens before it. Jason's face looks cool, but the rest of them looks stupid. Like, I, I don't know. I'm going to give it a four out of 10 heart sandwiches because the movie makes me laugh. And okay. I can't, I can't not say that I don't have fun watching it. 
That's totally fair. I, th- yeah. I think that's a completely legitimate opinion. So anyway, no. it's probably it's probably the writing that really hurts the acting itself because these these good actors are sure. just trying their best to yeah. deliver these lines that they didn't write. Or, yeah, or what are they really... supposed to do? Yeah. Right, right. They can't but, just make great characters with no. out of nothing. So right, and there were some decent characters here had <clears throat> they like delved into them a little bit further. Yeah, agree completely. Absolutely. Erin Gray is a great actress, and they kind of just threw her character away. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. All right, Johnny. Let's yep. hear your rating. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna go back on what you guys said about the acting. I'm not gonna fault the actors for this because it didn't seem like they did a bad job. It mm-hmm. was the writing. It was the directing. You didn't get any kind of um, backstory to these people. You know the 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 you know the the, the bounty hunter. Who the fuck is this? Guy? <laughs> you know, I, I've never seen him in any other. He's movie. Creighton Duke, bro. Oh, well, apparently, <laughs> but you know, if he had a little bit of a backstory, again, this movie was an hour and twenty-five minutes. You know, <laughs> it was technically forty-five minutes, and they had to do a bunch of reshoots. So why can't you do a reshoot of give us a little backstory to him? Um, so it's it's not their fault. The biggest fault of this movie is it associated itself with the Friday the 13th franchise and you got so little Jason in this movie you could have called it possession you know slugs slug night or whatever you know and and it would have been a lot more entertaining of a movie so I think your expectations went up not to say that it was going to be an academy award-winning movie but you have this expectation when you watch a Friday the 13th movie you're going to get camp you're going to get some great gore you know, some, some very mediocre acting, but you know, it, it was actually decent acting with a shitty script and a shitty plot and a shitty story, period. It's not a Friday the 13th movie. So what you guys said were, was spot on. It's not good. You don't need to see this movie as a completionist because it has nothing to do with anything else. So I'm going to give it a two out of 10 uh, heart sandwiches. All right. Interesting points, John. Very interesting. Thank you. I'd like to revisit some of those things that you said. Okay. But first, Leo, what say you? I have a very interesting rating scale. For example, it's hard to get five stars out of me because I think four is where it's really good. This is the standard, like this was appealing. It was awesome. It was great. Anything above that is like, you really went out of your way. You blew me away. It was an amazing thing. And the same thing goes in the other direction. It's very hard to get a like a one star or a no star or something. Uh, uh, just, okay. just to interrupt for a second, just to remind you, we do a 10, a 10 star. Yeah, I don't know if you got the memo. Okay. So 10 to one. Okay. Yeah. So, Having... so you're saying a robicide is your five or your 10, right? <laughs> Killer you heard it here. <laughs> um, I have to allow for the fact that this movie gave me some entertainment value, if only because I was able to be here with you guys to do this show. <laughs> Um, hug you right now. it gave me the opportunity to find some joy in it. And I, I would think that in uh, another world where I could invite people over and we'd have a few drinks or something and just watch a shitty movie night, let's pick this one so we can all laugh at it and point about how bad it is. It has at least that going for it, but that's really it. Uh, that being the case, I can't give it more than two heart sandwiches. All right. Two out of 10 heart sandwiches. Got it. All right. We're all, we're all in the same neighborhood here. 
All right. What about you, their hostess lady? Well, <clears throat> I seem to be less familiar with the whole like lore of this of this franchise than than you guys are. And I'm definitely like less emotionally attached to it just because my viewing of it has been spotty over the years. Um, So my expectations were pretty low and I'll be honest, like I was really on board with this whole thing for at least the first half hour. It's like a third of the movie. Um, I wasn't even mad that Jason wasn't Jason anymore. Um, I was like on board with this new thing where his soul can be in different bodies and he lives on uh i was i was fine with that because i was like okay that's a way to make it work that like you kill his body and of course we know this trope of like the unstoppable villain like even when you kill him he's not dead well how can that be well this is how it can be so they came up with an answer is it a great answer no but i was like okay i'll accept this and see where it goes but at least at the beginning with the whole premise of it i was like all right. I don't, I don't hate this. We've already talked about the opening scene and how it, it's actually like pretty well crafted. And I agree with everything you guys have already said. There's some great gore, the special effects, thanks to KNB, I think were quite good as I would expect from them. I, I think I agree that there was some humor, some light humor that kind of kept me engaged with it and wanting to see, you know, I wanted more of it basically, but it, it really falls apart for me when these threads keep appearing and then they don't reconnect by the end, like the whole Necronomicon and here's the dagger and he has to possess the body of a blood relative. And then he can only be killed by a relative. And there's only two relatives left. And as you guys already mentioned, the whole soap opera of it all, Mm. the, there's the mother and the daughter and then the baby and then the boyfriend and the other boyfriend. And then there's the sheriff and the, this and that it's, it's too, it doesn't make sense. It's confusing. And for me, the very worst sin a movie can commit is being boring. And I can't say that this film is boring, but because it becomes so convoluted, it like really unravels. And at that point it's like, it's not boring, but it's so ridiculous that it's, difficult for me to stay engaged with it and that's almost as bad as boring and so I'm just totally done by the end of it I mean I'm just like I just don't care about any of it um so but again I mean how bad can it be if I if I'm enjoying the first third of it so eh, I will come in at a three out of ten heart sandwiches Mm. so that's it so we got a three, a four, a two, a two, and a three. Sounds about right. Pretty cool. even. Yeah. Yeah. High so scores. Like the Godfather of the franchise. Absolutely. <laughs> well, would you guys like to hear some trivia? Because yeah, I've already, please. I've already kind of plopped a lot in there, but there's, there's some other interesting little factoids. I think. I, I do. Absolutely. Know, I do know one thing in there, and yeah. I think Leo would know it too. Knowing Kate. Well, you want to just give it. Yeah, the arm of Freddy was actually Kane Hodder's arm. How did you know that? That was like the first thing I was gonna say. Was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually saw the um, what was it? The uh, the the um, documentary on Shutter about Kane Hodder, and he talked about that, and they showed that scene. Nice. And he was like, I've gotten to play 
every slasher because he got to play. And I was like, he'd never played Freddy Krueger because I know in a YouTube series he played Michael Myers. I know he played Jason, and I did not know he played Freddy Krueger until they showed that scene. So I have, I have a little spot of trivia too. Uh-huh. The mullet in this movie was Kane. Out of <laughs> oh, God. Oh, boy. Anyway, <laughs> but yes, uh, John, that is that is true. Um, this I I love this fact. Kane Hodder was severely burned over much of his body during a stunt gone wrong some years prior to this movie. And as a result, the skin below his neck is somewhat discolored and disfigured. One day after filming, he was peeling the Jason costume and makeup off his body when the young child of a crew member became frightened of his burnt skin. Hodder calmly and sweetly picked up and hugged the child and told him that his body just looked a bit different and that there was nothing to be afraid of. Hodder let the child touch the skin on his arm to see that it didn't hurt him. The child immediately calmed down and had a fun time talking to Hodder. It was seeing this and later hearing that Hodder spent much of his free time at children's hospitals that made director Adam Marcus realize that despite often playing violent or evil characters, Hodder had a heart of gold. Mm-hmm. He's spoken about that several times on his podcast too. And it mm-hmm. definitely gives him like, it shows how much of like a humble guy he is and like what he's been through. Yeah. And just the humility of like, like you said, like he's a caring guy. He he looks intimidating and he plays an intimidating role, but he's been through some shit. And just like that burn itself, like it gave him PTSD, like he said before. Like he's dealt with a lot of emotional trauma because of that injury. I go ahead. I, I'd like to at the risk of sharing I don't know how humble he is around it, but if you ever meet him at a convention or whatever, you're gonna see that he's wearing gloves. Yeah, it's because he's incredibly sensitive about this and not just because of himself and the PTSD, which is absolutely true, but because he doesn't want to freak people out. And so he's he's covering himself up for the sake of the fans, which is a hell of a good move. Yet he's at a horror convention where he could use that to freak out fans, you know what I mean? But he doesn't. But he's very sensitive to the people that follow him and appreciate him. So speaks volumes on his character, I feel like. Correct me if I'm wrong, and maybe you know this, Leo. Um, that burn was on Friday the 13th, part seven, wasn't it? I believe that's true, yes. I, I believe yeah. it was. So that there's a part where Jason goes up in flames, and it is one of the longest fire stunts ever done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because he just burns and burns and burns, and it's all in one take. You know, it's all yeah. in one. There's no cuts. I highly recommend going watching the documentary because you'll really uh you'll gain an appreciation about the guy he is intimidating and he'll say it you know if you fuck with me i'll fuck you up but you know yeah he he does he means it really really (laughs) nice guy but he's also like he'll he cares about people too if you fuck with people he cares about like he'll fuck you up like he's a caring guy also what are you saying not literally but figuratively give him a hug because he deserves it and he appreciates it he's just a big sweetheart yeah. It's funny that he's like one of the most most well-known Jasons, but he hasn't played him as much. Like he's not the first Jason no. or even the second. Right. Like, but he's first Jason so has a well band. Known. Yeah. Called first Jason. Oh, sweet. Nice. But uh, yeah, he's he's definitely in some of my fa- like seven is the one where they show his face. The yeah. face yeah. that I remember the most, like that I associate with Jason, my favorite face of Jason. Mm-hmm. And I remember like just like how imposing he is as Jason. his walk as Jason is just so like intimidating. I'm always amused by people who say that Kane Hodder was the most emotional Jason 
Like he was the one that provided the most emotion through the character. And I'm like, that's a pretty big deal considering the man never talked and he pretty much just walked in a straight line the whole well, time. Well, he talks on this one. <laughs> ooh, ah, ee, ah, ooh, ah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I'm hooked on a fear. <laughs> ooh, gotcha. Brown. Ooh, gotcha. Ooh, ah. <laughs> well, anyway, like so I, on Legos or something. <laughs> hey, that's no joke. It is no joke. Mm-hmm. Well, that's no joke. Well, anyway, it sounds like you guys kind of knew that fact already, but I didn't, and that warmed the cockles of my heart. So, although I do think that Adam, um, Adam sandwich. Marcus, yes, it warmed the cockles of my heart sandwich. Although it does make Adam Marcus sound like kind of a bastard that it's like you have to volunteer at a children's hospital just to convince him that you're not an asshole, like. Like, oh, he plays all these evil characters. Mm. But it wasn't until I heard that he was volunteering at a children's hospital that I realized, well, oh, he's I actually guess, a nice guy. You hear about oh, a guy, you know me. that he's a badass, and you hear about like, you know, you know the role that he plays in a movie, which isn't very intimidating. And then to find out that he also volunteers is probably probably a little shocking. So I guess yeah, like you make an assumption about his character based on mm. you know some other things, yeah. Cold which we couldn't do. People. I'm just saying he might be a little judgmental as well. Yeah, of course. Uh, da, 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 I already said that before. Oh, one early concept for this movie was Jason goes to LA in which two, <laughs> get this, in which two rival gangs would be fighting. When Jason would show up and start murdering them, the rival gangs would band together to defeat Jason. I'm I just picturing Jason in West Side Story. That's what I'm picturing right now. Congratulations. And bringing the jets and the sharks Jason together. in the hood. You have finally revealed a plot worse than this movie, and I didn't think that was possible. Well, no, but that would have been a good spinoff to come right off of Jason Takes Manhattan, is yeah. then he goes from yeah, watching Jason down that walk down the drain, street like... And the sewage drain obviously leads all the way back to L.A., and he ends up in the sewer drain the only in, the, thing, in the reservoir of L.A., you know, like those fucking... Only thing Jason has not done that the leprechaun has done is gone to the hood. He Twice. hasn't gone to the hood because Leprechaun went to space. So yeah. the hood. Also, we need there's a Jason absolutely underwater. no potential like, for racial problematic stuff there. You don't None think so? All. No, not at all. <laughs> White man just slaying uh, black youths in the hood. No, there's no, there's no racial or even Mexican if they're gang related. Anyway, not shared by Hydraberg or not that out of uh, <laughs> what are most of are are the gangs in L.A., bro? The body of. <laughs> Uh, Michael B. Silver and Michelle Clooney, who play Luke and Deborah, the couple who have sex in the tent. They had been a couple in real life, but they broke nice. up shortly before being cast in this movie. That so it had was to be awkward. A little awkward do, that they had to be like naked and having sex for hours. On do you think the llama thing was like a personal thing that they had in their relationship? They kind of just maybe improvised? that's where it came from. That was like a thing that they just added. Yeah, because that's what do they you did. figure yeah. that he literally did that to her in real life He's and then get back in the film just to fuck with her. I yeah. do. <laughs> He's like, yeah, you broke up with me over this. I'm gonna say it again. <laughs> knowing, knowing that fact, I think he did. <laughs> now it's on camera forever, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> llama misses you. <laughs> oh, ride the llama. <laughs> and ride it uh when creighton duke is being interviewed and he demands 500 grand for the capture of jason he says for that you get the mask the machete the whole damn thing this is a reference to jaws when quint demands ten thousand dollars to kill the shark oh. he says for that you get the head the tail the whole damn thing i nice. literally didn't think so, of that till you just mentioned you it but then i remember yes. the line yeah 
Yes, yes. Another little Easter egg in there for you for another fucking horror movie. Jason's in the woods. <laughs> Our Jason. Yeah. <laughs> uh, some financial information about this. Uh, the film had a budget of about $3 million, and it ultimately grossed about $15.9 million, which makes it the yes. second lowest grossing Friday the 13th to that point, uh, aside from Jason Takes Manhattan. Although $15.9 million was enough to be the highest grossing horror film of 1993. Oh, wow. What was it running against? Probably nothing. (laughs) What was the other miniseries? I'm I'm fascinated now. Toy Story or something like that, right? No, that wasn't until... No, No, well, well, it was going... We're talking about horror movies from that year. I I don't know. Yeah, what did come out? Toy Story came out later. Uh uh-uh. I don't know. I remember because I dropped acid for the first time the day before Toy Story came out, and then I saw Toy Story the next day, and I was. Oh, and then no you went shit. to the theater and saw it the yeah. next day. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, "Mom, I don't want to go to the movies right now." And she was like, no, "Okay, no. so just because I was curious, I looked it up. Uh, some of the top horror films of '93: Leprechaun, ah, Hocus Pocus, which is not really a horror film, but just because it's in there. Uh, Hashtag Yabos. You'll like this, Stephen. Body melt. Mm. No way. Yep. Ticks. Oh, <laughs> there Ticks. was an Amityville sequel. Of uh, there's one every year, isn't there? Pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, Return They're of Living Dead Three. Also. Uh, Jurassic Park was big that year, so that's huh. what it lost out to, probably. And Nightmare Before Christmas. So bang is right there at the end. Yeah, oh, yeah, Adam's family values as well. So those three alone would have kicked it right out of the fucking box office. Yeah. yeah. No, no, it, it was the highest grossing horror film. So I guess they're not counting Jurassic Park. It was the, the only film. grossing. Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily. Warlock 2 was 93. Uh, My favorite well, movie. There you go. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Rosemary's Baby is crap compared to that one. Oh, <laughs> Challenge. Accepted. <laughs> Game over. (laughs) All right. So the actress who plays the FBI, I'm sorry, that's not true. Uh, The actress who plays, (laughs) sorry, I'm getting my naked women mixed up here. Uh, The actress who plays Stephanie, no, Stephanie's the baby. Who's the mom? Jessica. Oh my God. Jessica. Oh wait, no, Diane (laughs) is the mom and Jessica is the daughter the middle well, generation but she's a mom oh, also. Middle. okay Jessica 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 okay okay so the actress who plays Jessica somebody Keegan Adam Marcus wanted her to do the shower scene completely nude a la Glenn Close sitting in a shower naked and crying in the big chill Keegan says that she told him from the get-go she would not do nudity while Marcus maintains that she was never upfront with him about that Keegan counters that Marcus knew, but kept telling everyone he'd be able to convince her to change her mind. Sounds like a cooter. She never did. And during the scene, she wore a flesh colored bathing suit bottom and Madonna like cone bra with just Dixie cups instead of cones. This is weird. Who built this? Yeah, what? The, The water was so hot, though, that she was literally crying from pain. And Keegan complained about the whole thing to her agent, who then argued with everyone on the production, especially Marcus. As a result, Keegan and Marcus briefly became enemies and it got so bad that she walked off the set, even though they were not finished rapping and or finished shooting. So Sean Cunningham had to direct for a couple of days just to get her to come back to the set. And that's the only wow. way they could get her to, to come back. And that's why this film so feels so convoluted and disjointed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it's and shit fact, like that that makes the disjointed happen. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Just, mm-hmm. 
Exactly. And so, and she also claims that that whole experience with him and shooting this film and his behavior is like why she quit acting. Wow. That's too bad. Yeah. That's too bad. It's got to be a fucked up movie when it makes you actually quit acting. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Not just quit the movie, but like, I'm done with this profession. Yeah. Fuck that. She's going to go start her own wine label somewhere. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but at least she starred in a film that got three out of ten fucking heart sandwiches from the cut above horror review. So. Spoils a horror. She's left her she legacy. Can... Well, yeah, it's technically can... Asha. Check that box. <laughs> I mean, that's what all actors aspire to, right? <laughs> Put it on our IMDb. Speaking of cooters, according to interviews in the Crystal Lake Memories book, Stephen Williams had a habit of flashing females on set. Oh my god. Fucking inappropriate. But the hot dog threw a fucking donut. <laughs> well, it God. was 93. The terms and conditions of what HR was approving was different then. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Adam Marcus's decision to cast an African-American actor as Creighton Duke was influenced by George Romero's casting decisions and how he typically or he would often cast African-Americans as heroes in his films. And so that's why uh, Adam Marcus wanted um, a black actor to be to play the role of that's so that is so superficial because I'm, every story I read about George Romero, he did it because the actor was the best choice. It wasn't because he was trying to do anything uh, different. He just mm-hmm. found the best actor, you know, mm-hmm. I, I mean, and this guy's like, well, because uh, Romero did it, that's why I'm going to do it. You know, interestingly enough, if they remade the film today, that would be played by Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. So I mean, that that's is a your perfect best- actual role for him. But that's your best choice. I mean, you're picking the best actor for the role. It's not because somebody's African-American or Mexican or anything like that. It's it's because that person's the best fit for that job. And that's what Romero always always said. When he sure, went to sure. pay at the uh, at the diner, it would his wallet would have said badass motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> so actually, another fun fact is Tony Todd auditioned to play Creighton oh, Duke. I would have. Who was in the nightmare? I mean, um, what's it called? Night Living Dead remake. Yes, okay. also true. Yeah. I was about to like jump no. in there, Heidelberg. Uh, at just 23 years old, Adam Marcus is the youngest director to direct a Friday the 13th movie, but he has the distinction of directing what is often considered the worst entry in the franchise. Way so to go, buddy. I, cut him, I have to say, though, I do cut him some slack, though. He's just a kid. This was his first film. He's out of film school. And yeah. I the can fact give that they let him write it and direct it is amazing. I can give a lot of people a lot of credit or a lot of slack rather for having it be their first film. Everybody fucks up their first film, regardless of a thousand corpses. Hey, and that doesn't make it a good film. Yeah, no, no, no. But I, I give him some grace, some leeway. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, we have no idea also what kind of like studio involvement there was, you know, there was, uh, they can really mess up these kinds of movies. He was yeah. dealing with a lot. I, I feel like with this film, yeah. I, I tend to agree with you guys because it does seem like there are a lot of cooks in this kitchen. However, he did not have a micro budget. It's not a huge budget, but it wasn't the most tiny of budgets, you know, yeah. and he had some good actors and, and it just, yeah. Well, I, I think you can see that he has a great love for the horror genre. You know, he sure. made a lot of references and I think he was trying to like kind of pay homage to things and kind of show sure. off a little bit. And, you know, it's like his first thing and he wants to kind of throw everything he's got in there. And 
like look i know all this stuff too guys and but i, I think he was like kind of i think he was trying to give fans something that they would like i just think it it, it he didn't i just he didn't don't succeed. think he tried hard enough well I don't know I, he was capable of of doing better i mean he's just a kid well and to your point earlier jacqueline I mean, I, I made some movies when I was 23 and they are unwatchable. Like they are hilariously unwatchable to the point that Leo and I have actually talked about doing them sometime on the pod and we might, but um, they are hilariously unwatchable and okay. Taking some of his behavior backstage and sort of setting that aside. He, he did make a movie that's almost so bad. It's good in my opinion, mm. you know? And there's something to be said for that. There's, there's worse fates in the world than making a movie that's so bad it's good. Yes, I this agree. Yeah, there, there are things worse than yeah. than so bad it's good. He could have uh, made Thanksgiving. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I actually don't. I mean, there are worse things than Thanksgiving in my mind. Sure. Mm-hmm. I, like Serbian. I, yeah, I don't know. Like I, fucking... I, I, I'm kind of on the side of him as a director of, of a studio that really has their hands in the pot of this movie. That's what it mm-hmm. feels like. Mm-hmm. They also put a lot of faith yeah. in a 23 year old, like film student, like to let him write and direct it. Doesn't feel like he had a lot of creative input into this just because it was so disjointed. Yeah. So, that's what, that's what I wonder because, you know, sometimes when they bring in somebody who's really young like that to direct a movie, it's ne- not necessarily because they're talented it's that they literally have a body that's in that role when you have, you know, producers and executive producers that they are can ha- push around, right. That they're basically there. You see this sometimes in my personal opinion with some Marvel movies where they bring on these directors that the executives can just really control. And so watch what you're saying, bro. Okay. <laughs> Don't watch what you're saying. We'll talk, what saying. we'll talk another time. <laughs> but also it's true when you get somebody who's young and fresh and new, also, to be a little mercenary about it, they, they don't cost as much. Yeah. No. It's so. true. It's true. Yeah. All right. Let's keep it moving. I got two more <laughs> facts. I, like, I, I know this is a lot, but I just really wanted to read these little facts. Uh, so Jason's heart was actually made of gelatin and filled Ooh. with fruit cocktail mixed with black dye. Uh, oh, still, cool. actor Richard Gant, I think he's the one who played the corner at the beginning, uh, was disgusted and reportedly nearly threw up during the take. Good. So there's that. Yeah, and so fair. knowing that it doesn't sound too bad, a gelatin and fruit cocktail heart sandwich could be yeah. worse. And this, this last trivia fact, what flavor just, gelatin though? You know what I mean? It was like lime. Grape. Yeah. Lime is yeah. great. Yeah. Oh, lime is so good. Uh, okay. So this last one really just, I didn't know whether to laugh or smack my forehead or what. After the film was released, the wall street journal called it quote, a return to morality in cinema, unquote, because of the scene where Luke and Deborah are murdered while having sex after deciding not to use uh, a condom. Yeah. Oh my God. Leave it to the Wall Street Journal. Because I've never seen any of these other films, whoever wrote that, you know what I mean? To know that like, yeah, okay. I just, I hardly think that that this film was taking like an a moral stance on the topic of premarital unprotected sex. <laughs> that might have been thrown in there as a trope, you know what I mean? Sure. For the film. It's a trope, but it's like this film is a return yeah, to morality. Yeah. 
like this is a shift in filmmaking and the filmmaker's voice. <laughs> I mean, I just, I just. There's exorcist being called. You, you, yeah. hey, you want a religious study of <clears throat> Catholic religion? Watch The Exorcist because it'll bring you to the wholesome. And it's like, what? Yeah, I'm thinking the, I'm thinking the reporter just wandered in during those five minutes <laughs> yeah. and it was like, wow, this is great. And just wandered back out. It was morality. So now, so now we know what the value of this movie is. Right. It was a, it let's like, uh, there's a red line through history before and after, and this marks the return to morality. morality. So there at you least go. it had some through line and some message. Yeah. <laughs> otherwise it would have nothing. In well, 1993, now we know what it is. That's when we returned to using protection. Thank you, Wall Street Journal. Yeah. Yes, and pre and unprotected sex after that just ceased altogether. Yeah, little I known f- fact, but that's also no llamas were injured. I think in this film. <laughs> Cover up I- your llama. <laughs> yeah, I felt more chased after this was over. Yeah. That's the name of the movie. Jason goes to hell. Cover your llama because he didn't use a condom. <laughs> that's why he went yeah. to hell. There you go. Return to morality. Okay. It's like Jacqueline said. All right. Well, that's it. I th- I think I think this this ship has has sailed. We've, spoken we've run its course on this film. Brilliant. Good trivia. Thank you. John, Bravo. What? On, John, what are we going to be talking about next week? This is a mystery. <clears throat> it is. I actually, and calling and some back and forth about this. Yeah, it was just it, it was kind of a weird type week. We had a weird couple of weeks. <gasps> and again, we're glad to have you back, uh, Hydroberg at 100%. Hydroberg, I'm glad you fared better than Stephen King did with his car accident. Oh shit! Nice. Well, I wasn't high on coke, so I was pretty good. <laughs> Stephen and Leo. I will not have you be the name of Stephen King on this show. <laughs> the known cokehead. I know, but we don't discuss that here. No, we don't. Uh, we are going to see a brand new Spanish zombie movie from Shutter. It's called oh. Virus Thirty Two, which just came out on Shutter. So we're going to. Okay. Watch and review that. Shutter like, original. Shutter original. I'm actually going to watch go that before I hear your show for a change. That'd be nice. There you go. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna watch that. I, I I'm not a big fan of the uh, the zombie movies, but I actually watched this show. Uh, we're all gonna die. It's Korean. Yeah, I heard it was good. Korean show on Netflix. It's got me kind of excited about it, you know. And I've seen Train to Busan, which was like one of the dopest zombie movies you'll ever watch. That's watched. a fucking great movie. Oh my gosh. I love that. It, one of the few horror movies that actually made me cry. Mm-hmm. It's great. Very few. You mean Jason right. Goes to Hell didn't make you cry? It made me cry because I had to watch it. Because uh, <laughs> it's layered like an onion. It made me cry because it's three hours of my life. I'll never get back because I've had to watch it twice. Oh, <laughs> I mean, you didn't have I, to. I'm on this podcast and I only watched it once today. Yeah, <laughs> once back in the day and then okay. once now. The ringing endorsement from Leo. Oh, yes. All right, that's my uh, cat. His name is Herman Webster Mudgett. And if you get that, then you're an awesome person. All right, so Herman, Pee Wee Herman. I, I suck. That. Webster, the show. Look it up. Herman Webster okay. Mudgett. Look it up. Okay. Herman Webster I'm, Mudgett. I'm currently looking it up. I was to say, everybody's looking it up now. Yeah, no, no. Her- <laughs> Herman what? After the show. Webster. Herman Webster, Webster. Mudgett. M-U-D-G-E-T-T. That's not right. Oh, yes, it is. It's, oh gosh, that's really small type. It's uh, a sexual position. Don't say it on air. 
<laughs> no, please say oh, that. Oh, a serial killer. America's first serial killer. Thank you so much. Oh, okay. Man. Way to name your cat, Leo. Way uh, to go, Leo. He's Leo, a mutant. Leo keep him. yeah, Leo keeps it classy. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. It's like oh, you're a fan cute. of Pee Wee Herman and Webster, the show back in the day, the wholesome show about the little short guy. Oh. All right. So thank Irish you 30. so much to Leo and Steven. 32. Thank you for coming on our rambling, way less organized, way less polished show than you guys are used to. But we appreciate you just rolling with it, adding lots of stories and personal connections and great observations as we've come to expect from you guys. So uh, you came through. Thank you so much for being on the show. I hope you guys will join us again sometime. Yeah, I I just want to say thank you guys. We're huge fans of the show. Uh, I listen every week. Uh, I know Leo listens every week. We have a really great time. And if any of your you know, listeners kind of bounce around, your, your Titan episode and your Martyrs episode were oh, God, outstanding. Yeah. They were outstanding. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Those were fun discussions to have. Like, I, lo- I love it when there's a lot of meat to get into. You know? Sure. And, really and figuratively, <laughs> I, I would love and Jacqueline, we were talking about this over uh, over on Instagram. I would love for you guys to see the movie A Dark Song, which is a favorite of mine. And I think you guys would really dig into it. I have seen it. Yeah. I was genuinely thrilled to be here with you guys. To meet you finally. Because as I say, Stephen ends up doing most of the social stuff. So I don't get the voice that I want to have. But uh, being here with you guys has been a lot of fun. I love your show so much. And I'm very grateful for you uh, giving me a positive memory around this movie. Versus <laughs> the negative memory I've had for like 20 fucking years. With this it's true. This is what I'll remember now when I remember this film. Is <laughs> Same. With you guys. Same here. So, yeah, that is good. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you guys. It's, I mean, it was just such a pleasure. I feel like I feel like I've known you guys for a long time because I've been listening to you guys. And so it's weird yeah. how that works. But yeah. um, yeah, we're all huge fans of, of y'all's too. So and now we're all family. Cheers. Yep. A little love fest here. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I hope you guys will definitely come back again soon. And Steven, Absolutely. since you mentioned that movie to me, I looked it up and I was like, oh, that does sound dope. So that's, yeah, the, the that's boys on Street Chilling covered it. Did they? Oh, I didn't, they I did. didn't catch that episode then. Yep. All right. Well, I'll put it on my short list. So next week we'll be covering Virus 32, a Shutter original. So go watch it on Shutter and meet us back here, and we will talk about it. In the meantime, if you'd like to email us and share your thoughts or ask us questions or anything at all, you can email us at a cut above horror review at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at cut above horror. You can follow us on Instagram at a cut above one word dot horror underscore review. And also just real quick, I'd like to give an update to our It Follows episode. G-Baby at that time said he was putting together a podcast. Well, guess what? He did put together that podcast. They have two episodes out. It's called Waxing the Porpoise podcast, and it's on all (laughs) podcast apps and Spotify. So show them some love, please, and download and listen to their podcast. You bet. Yeah, they've only be- done two episodes, and but they've they already three, sound but they only public. Yeah, they're totally entertaining. So yeah. I, they're off to a great start. So and they already have a, like a, a good rapport together, the two. So oh yeah, yeah. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook. Cut above colon horror review. We also want to thank everybody for giving those five star reviews on uh, iTunes and Spotify, and our friends. Spoils of horror, Leo and Steven, where can they find you? Because you guys need, or we want to give you those, uh, get those five-star reviews for you guys as well. So where, where can they find you? 
Search Outs- for Spoils of Horror on any social media platform and you will find us. Absolutely. Five stars. All of yeah. us. All right. You got to get these guys some reviews because they deserve it. They they really do. It's it has become one of my like top favorite podcasts. Any so. podcast that watches Chud three times in a row, <laughs> just give a fucking good review of it. It like deserves like they're putting in the fucking work, people. They deserve give them some stars. It takes five minutes. They really are committed and they do a great job on their show. It's very like it's very smooth. It's very clean and super entertaining, but That's not just funny. entertainingly stupid. It's like. It's no, like insightful good and good observations. No, and we're good just regular stupid. It's okay. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just I'm saying it's funny, but without being stupid, it's funny while still being like smart and observant. So, I mean, what's not to like? So, go check them out, and then come back and catch us again next week talking about Virus Thirty Two. And like a little girl in a pink dress sticking a hot dog through a donut, keep it creepy. <laughs> <laughs>